Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 64 of the Game Sharks Podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, Letter Kenny. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Figure it out. Oh. Am I the only one who hasn't seen this show? That sounds Give your like balls it. a tug. I watched like the first two or three episodes, I think. Oh, dude, that that show is gonna pump them numbers so up. So funny! It's a comedian comedy, comedian Canadian comedy. And oh, it, I would imagine. I was like, uh, yeah, yes, I would imagine there are dimension. Uh, and it's it's humor comes from repetition. Uh, oh, what was the second thing? Oh, it's, it's repetition, obscurity, and and fart jokes. Oh, it's <laughs> all you need, and it's pretty incredible. Uh, so I highly recommend Letter Kenny. Also, it's the most gifable show probably out there. Gifable? But, yeah, like if you if you go on your phone and you're gonna send someone a gif and you type in Letter Kenny, there is a uh, gif for just about every situation you could imagine. Uh, dude, yeah. Parks and Rec is almost pretty like SpongeBob inflated. I'm I'm telling you, dude, Letter Kenny has everything uh so it was I, definitely the next one on my list yeah of all of the kind of that style of show adam have you seen it i've seen a few it, it's funny yeah i haven't devoted time to watching the entire thing but i probably should there's like seven or eight seasons but each season's only Jeez, really? it's only like six episodes in a season six or seven. Oh, well that's not so bad no it's it's pretty quick it's, uh, yeah it's pretty quick it's really, not that not really that like funny. i have any problem watching tv in any amount of time i watched all of Shit's Creek in like a week and a half, so I can listen uh, to your fucking show. brothers episode on the yeah. on it. <laughs> That's when I still haven't listened to. We just started New Girl. That show's fucking funny. That one's that also one's on my too. list. Yeah, I've uh, never my seen that. I love that one. It's really really funny. Um, and video games. Joining me this week we have Adam. Oh hello. Tcon. Hello. Derek. Hello. And Andrew. Hey. Second five man cast in a row pretty uh pretty sweet we're doing it we're making we're making podcasts about video games uh all right we're gonna go through news as usual no big news a lot of smaller things that we're gonna touch on some Uh, big news there's a couple things but nothing nothing mind-blowing you know pretty i would say a pretty light week for news in general no emails, but our main topic this week is uh, we, after Ninja Turtles got announced last week, we decided that we want to talk about what franchises or genres that we would like to see get a revival akin to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game that's coming. So I think that'll be a fun discussion to have, um, whether it's you know just like i want this i don't know what they should do but i want it or like you have like a super elaborate elaborate plan in your head uh we're going to talk about some things that we want to see come back from the dead however let's start with news like we always do i didn't put these in an order like i usually do uh so let's start with uh let's start with xbox as a whole there's a couple xbox things that i have here so Let's start with this real quick, simple one. Um, so you remember how I was complaining about how I felt like my Xbox games downloaded insanely slow and also mm-hmm. my PlayStation games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently the reason that that happens is because you you're running. If you're running a game in the background, it never disconnects from the Internet. So part of your Internet usage is going to keeping that game connected So they're adding a feature where if you have a game running in the background on your Xbox, it will suspend that game 
and put all of the resources into downloading whatever it is you're downloading. And then once you're done, it will go back into, it will unsuspend your game and bring you exactly where you were. So you don't have to worry about losing any save progress or the game hard closing. So it's a small thing, but it makes a lot of sense. And it, it's a, it's like a solution to that weird problem that I was having that I, I thought was just an anomaly or just my internet speeds. But now that it, that I've read this and like it's happening, it all makes way more sense now. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if something similar is happening on PlayStation side or like, cause I don't know how you guys feel. Like do your PlayStation games download slowly? Like I don't have any issues. Yeah. I either. feel like they don't. I'm still on Wi-Fi though. I need a, I am on, I'm on, it, wifi. I mean, oh, I'm on Wi-Fi too. My Wi-Fi is literally two feet from my ps5 actually probably like a foot and i haven't really noticed anything like it took me too bad three hours to download assassin's creed onto my ps5 is that yeah i've not had no i've downloaded like six games in three hours jesus yeah i was playing games i think on my ps5 while like ratchet and clank was downloading or on my computer and it was still super fast hmm. yeah yeah i don't know maybe this will help me with my xbox which is going to be like my primary console as outside of playstation exclusives but yeah i don't know i mean it's just constantly xbox doing these and microsoft doing small quality of life things that are adding up quickly and making it just like a great ecosystem to be in uh, all right, let's talk more about Xbox. This is specifically about Halo, and I instantly thought of you, Tcon, when I read this, and I actually texted you guys about it. Uh, going forward in Halo Infinite, oh, uh, <laughs> there won't be any dual wielding, which I could take or leave that. I was never a dual wielder myself. Uh, first introduced needlers. First introduced in Halo Two. Here's the thing, though: they switched the needler back to being just as strong single as it was duel in the games where you could dual wield it um but the bigger thing is there will be no playable elites in halo infinite <laughs> which is like the greatest thing they could have ever done because fuck people who play as elites fuck okay elites. so so as You're a person to who's, give me some yeah, deets here yeah yeah i need an explanation as a guy who the only time i've ever played halo was at last year's pi day party okay so that was on pi day don't don't do this to me that was a year ago Stop. So basically, uh, like the heads of the elites are like in line with their shoulders, and they just jump forward. So it's just it's so much harder to get a headshot on them. And you can't no, shoot them from behind. No, that's false. It's no. easier only if they're sideways. Is it easier if they are because their head juts out like a foot from their body, but if, from behind cover everything, it was a yeah. lot harder to well, hit headshots on them. Aim lower if they are head on then uh it's harder to hit them because their head is narrower than a it's like long and narrow and if you're from behind them you just can't shoot them in the head because it's in front like where their torso is so it just changed the entire dynamic of the game and it's bullshit bullshit uh we had one friend who played elites and everyone hated him for it (laughs) And he was also the guy who would rip a turret off of like its mount and run around with it and be like, guys, I'm so fucking good. Guys, look at me. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. I'm really curious from like a technical standpoint if 
everything you're saying is actually true or if it's just one of those things where because everybody says it's true you think it's true and like and like everyone is able to like reproduce it in game because they think it's like actually true so like, i'd like to see, i'd love to see like the hitbox of like an elite in halo 2 and to see if it's actually like because people always told me in halo 2 because i like to play in as elite in halo 2 it was like why are you playing as an elite it's easier to shoot him in the head no and i was like oh i didn't know that but maybe maybe in three and beyond they like change the models or something i don't know i'm curious or maybe it's just the the micro narrative that was created within jeff's friend group yeah i don't know dude i feel like it's like an like everyone probably somewhere came up like like came up with that idea like maybe they had the friend that was really good and they always played elite so they were just like no no it's because you play elite like if you played spartan you you would die like way more like Corey's fox and mm-hmm. melee <laughs> uh, so uh i don't know i'm looking at it and it says that apparently there's no difference in the hitbox <laughs> But yeah, like, right. right. <laughs> we should. I, think know what we should <laughs> I also think it's bullshit to go. We should. You know what we could do during the break? Someone remind me to do this. We're gonna boot up Halo, and we're gonna oh, fucking boy. we're gonna go into a custom match, and we're gonna test, and we're gonna see if it's harder to to hit an elite uh from all directions. So get ready for the report like on that when we come back. <laughs> we're doing it. I'm gonna have to abstain from that. You don't have to be a part of it. Bad anyway. No, no. We're just gonna go I'm to saying, a custom game I'm and just stand against that the wall. My, my data would be skewed. Fair. Uh, and then the other Halo Infinite thing that we learned is, uh, you can physically push enemies off of the ring, the Halo yeah, itself. Which is- awesome yeah that's gonna be really interesting because we've every halo game up to this point has been linear and you know a very yeah, structured really level of a set boundary so now that this is going to be more of an open world halo theoretically you can go to the edges of the ring and in that instance i don't know how apparently it's very difficult can you to accidentally do. fall off like if you try and drive into something can you just drive straight off the ring i don't know because i'm pretty sure it obviously has gravity designed in it so i'm sure there's like a weird set of circumstances where you can escape the gravitational field and just get flung off the ring well it probably works the same way as earth does uh the the difference is that in halo because the earth is flat <laughs> Was my joke? That was good. Oh my god! It's more of a centrifugal force thing because you're on the inside of the ring. So, uh, wait, Adam, which one is the inside? Is that centrifugal or centripetal? You just said the same word. No, centrifugal and centripetal. Centripetal, tripical, and centrifugal. Centripetal. Jeff, what letters are you saying? F and P. (laughs) One is F. One is P. No. Which, which one is the inside? Centrifugal. Centrifugal. With a G. Right, centrifugal centrifugal uh, points you inward. Centripetal goes out. Yes. Just think of like a, a centrifuge that spins. Hold on. Right. Hold exactly. On. Now, yeah, I don't know. Centrifugal See, force. Knows, Jeff. I, Science. All right. I'm fucking screen sharing this with you assholes <laughs> to prove that I'm right. <laughs> oh, boy. Ready? Are you, are you listening? Uh-huh. Centrifugal force. So, you don't have to oh, watch it? Okay. You have to, yeah. Right. Before centrifugal you force. Did you know what word you were saying? Yeah, centrifugal force. That's what I was saying. You, and then you were saying centrifugal. You were it's not like you were using a, a C, C instead of a G. Yeah. Centrifugal? Okay. Uh, what? Centrifugal. 
Centrifugal. You're Listen. saying a C. Centrifugal force. Centrifugal. <laughs> yeah, the computer said it with a G. That's what I'm saying. Anyways, fucking, I hate you guys. <laughs> uh, you guys are the worst. Uh, how do I stop sharing my screen? Uh, anyways, we're done talking about Halo. Uh, let's talk well, about. Did you did you see that it's not actually open world? What isn't? The game isn't open world. What? Yeah, it's like it's like uh, what you. I think um, it's more aligned to what something like I think it's Dark like... Souls is, where it's openly linear. So kind of like so, how ODST was. Yeah, as you progress, you unlock more portions of the world, and then you can like go back and forth, whatever. But like okay. you only start in one section. It's large, mm -hmm. and you can like travel to like places you wouldn't need to part as part of the campaign. But the progress is still linear. They said, "Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense." So it's, it sounds a lot like ODST, which I really liked. ODST, I liked the vibe. ODST was great. Mm, yeah, very underrated. Uh, okay, the last thing we we're going to talk about for Xbox is there's a slew of new Game Pass games coming, and and a lot of big ones. Uh, the biggest being that Outriders, which was that game that Derek was talking about. Uh, I gotta look that up. Two I weeks ago. That is. Well, guess what, Tikon? It's coming <laughs> yeah. to Game Pass. Uh, I gotta start using Game Pass more because I keep buying games and then like and then realizing I it's find on out there. that they're on yeah. Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. So it's only coming to console and the cloud. It's not coming to PC. Uh, but you could technically, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, use the cloud to play it on your PC. So, uh, but yeah. Okay. I wasn't initially gonna play this game, but now that it's coming to Game Pass, there's no reason for me not to try it. It's coming day and date on April first. Um. So yeah, that's that's a super good get for them i didn't expect something like this to happen it's a square unix game um so that's super cool uh and then on top of that there's just a lot of real real cool games to see coming uh, a whole bunch of sports games so if you're a sports fan obviously game pass is a good deal for you undertale which i still haven't played but a lot of people love this game say it's pretty incredible very unique uh near automata is coming which is awesome star wars squadrons which Tikon and I bought last year is now coming to Yeah, and we ended up never playing together. No, we should go back and do that. I, did you ever get your VR to work? Because I ended up getting it to work. It took a while. Uh, no, I gotta. I still have to reset my VR up. Gotcha. Yeah, I just plugged in the Quest with the the cord, and it worked pretty well. Uh, and then the other like really cool notable one on here is Octopath Traveler, which up until this point has been a switch exclusive or was it on steam i want to say it was a switch exclusive was it no it's on it's on pc as well okay oh, it is i thought it's a switch console exclusive yeah switch console All right, but it's coming that. to game pass which if you are a fan of jrpgs uh play this game for like 10 to 20 hours because it's awesome uh and then you don't have to play past that because you'll get the gist of it and the story doesn't really do anything so but uh so here's what you need to do with octopath travelers you need to pick one character and play their story and just that don't worry about anyone else because that's where people go wrong but you have to go get all the eight characters like you have to do the beginning of everyone's story and then just mainline someone else's yeah one person's story yeah yep i would do everyone's chapter one and then everyone's chapter two and i think i got halfway through everyone's that's chapter what i was trying to do it too i think i got like halfway through everyone's chapter two and i was like oh i see where this is going and i stopped 
But the the gameplay is incredible. The visuals are incredible. And the music is super good. Uh, so it's definitely a game worth playing. And then, like we talked about last year, all of the Bethesda games are coming. So Game Pass is getting a lot of really good stuff. So again, if you're not subscribed to Game Pass, you are a big old dummy. Yeah, so remind I me. I can like, confirm. How, how often do they uh, <laughs> update what games are on it? Is it like a monthly thing? Bi-monthly, uh, I think. No, it's like or they're sprinkling it's, it's, games it's, every week right, at this it point. It feels like whenever the hell they, they finish signing the deals. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh. every couple, like every week or so, you'll get two to five games. I just remembered. I, so I saw something that uh, EA Pass or whatever mm-hmm. is coming to yeah. PC as well. Yeah, like, oh. very soon. Nice. No, it's today. It's all. Or, it's all on Game Pass right now. Okay, so yeah, surprise! It's today. <laughs> it's today. Yeah, yeah, that's super. So, did you play Jedi you Fallen Order, down... Tikkun? Uh, I have it on. I bought it on Steam. Okay, I was gonna say if you haven't played that Game Pass, it's a very good uh, game. I saw Adam play it. Finish it. <laughs> you have to get uh, a different, like the EA game app or whatever it is. There's another EA Play app. or whatever. Or yeah, yeah, there's an app for that. But gotcha. Um. All right, let's talk I'm, about. I'm, I'm looking up what games are on the pass because now I'm thinking about it. There's, if you are a fan of video games, there <laughs> is no reason not to subscribe to Game Pass. It's like like all two ultimate, especially now, like P- even on PC, there's so many games. Yeah, like Adam, think of like if oh. if you had subscribed to Game Pass, think of all those Bethesda games that you've been playing through, like both Dishonored's, uh, Prey, yeah. uh. <laughs> Any of the, uh, the Prey on there? Yeah, Prey's on there. It's now on there, yeah. Doom, Wolfenstein, like all of those. Game Pass. Okay. Final so, Fantasies are all on it. I if I bought Doom Eternal when it first came out, but I never played it, can I still return it? Probably, yeah. If, yeah, if you bought it on Steam and you didn't get to two hours, I think you can. Because now yeah, you can play I, it on Game Pass. I, yeah, I never even played it, so I think I, if I can get 60 bucks back. Ooh. Uh, yeah, look into it. Six months of Game Pass. Uh, all right. So Sony, who uh, has something kind of similar to Game Pass, but not nearly as good, uh, is adding... So remember how they were talking about they're going to do another play-at-home thing where they're going to bring 10 games uh, and just give them to PlayStation users for free? We now know what those 10 games are. So we got Abzu, The Witness, which I've always wanted to play The Witness, but I just never have. Enter the Gungeon, another one that I've wanted to play. Subnautica, something I've heard a lot about. Our friend Nick is oh a Oh my god, fan. Subnautica is amazing. Okay, yeah. And that's... they finally just, I think, finished all the major things with the second one, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I've been I've been waiting to play that one, but the first one is amazing. And if you don't have a fear of the ocean, boy, if you want one, play that game. <laughs> Already do, baby. <laughs> uh, Res Infinite, Moss, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Paper Beast, Thumper, and then the big one, one I'm most excited for, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. Damn. So as someone who has not played Horizon Zero Dawn yet, uh, and I was was planning on doing it before the sequel came out so that I can just play the sequel when it comes out, uh, I can now wait for this because uh, it's going to be May 4th. The first nine come out on April 22nd, and then Horizon is May 14th. So, obviously, I'll wait for that because uh, it will come with the DLC and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah. There's only one DLC pack, but it's yeah, worth it. Yeah, the, the uh, Frozen something. Wild. That's what I thought. Uh, okay, yeah. So Two words, Jeff. I was going to say Wild. 
bear. Robot dinosaur. Robot bear, bear Jeff. There's a bear. <laughs> oh, in Frozen Wilds, there's a bear? Yeah. There's frozen. There's robot bears. Uh, I need to finish the Frozen Wilds. I, I like. I've said. So, I was saying to Andrew today. It's like a game that's about robot dinosaurs and you shoot arrows at them. That sounds like a game that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm super excited to play this, and the fact that it's the complete edition is coming for free to PlayStation users is just a big win for me. So has it gotten a PS5 update yet, or no? Not yet. Not yet. I, okay. I don't Maybe I'll wait so. till it does to play the DLC because I never played Forbidden West. That's the you, sequel. N- nobody has, Derek. Yeah, I mean, no. uh, what was it called? Uh, for, forbidden Winter. Or Frozen know. Wilds, Derek. Frozen Wilds. Frozen Wilds. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Exciting. A lot of games. We're getting a lot of free games for just, you know, having subscriptions. And I know some people, yeah. like our buddy Nick, is very against the idea of not owning your games. But I I mean, we all pay but for Netflix and thing. Hulu you and do Disney Plus. Games. Uh, Nick doesn't. <laughs> yeah i think he just mooches off of other people's but anyways yeah. my point being like i'm totally okay with subscription services playing the game once and then like if it's a game that i'm in love with, the same thing goes with tv and movies if it's like movie or tv show that i love and i want to have access to it forever i'll buy it like i own avatar uh, last airbender and Korra on blu-ray i own all of edgar wright's movies on blu-ray because those are my favorites you know and then everything else if like if i really want it you can rent it for a short period of time and the same thing with video games it's like i'll buy physical copies of games that i like single player games that i know i'm gonna want people like to let people share or share with people or they're just like my favorite games and i want to have a copy of it like i have two copies of smash ultimate because i'm an idiot uh but i'm i'm all on board for the like the netflix of video games that game pass has become and like the free games that playstation's given out yeah i just looked at the entire list i think i might I might do it. It's absolutely yeah, worth it. Dude. It's so worth it. Yeah. And then, yeah, even if you if you're not playing for a bit, just cancel the subscription for a month. You know. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't have time to play video games for these three months. I'll cancel my subscription. And then when I come back, I'll just get right back. Oh yeah, right. even if there's like nothing you feel like playing on the list, just cancel it for a few months. And if something pops up and you want to play, just re-up it. Yeah. I don't see the downside to that. I think the math, if you if you play two like full retail price games on Game Pass a year, then you're paying you paid for, for it yeah because yeah like a full it. retail is like 60 or 70 nowadays and 10 bucks a month like if i can pay 10 bucks and go play like a couple things i saw and they're like doom eternal i could try that out i could play a couple other things like i could either wait for a steam sale to get that price or i could do it now and that's the other thing i love about it too is i'm trying games that i never would have touched just because it's like oh it's there i'll play it for a little bit see if i love it if i love it cool i'll keep playing if i'm not like doesn't matter i didn't pay anything extra for it uh, yeah, so it's pretty great. Uh, all right. I don't know how we uh, got from Sony back to Game Pass, but... Because I was comparing them giving free <laughs> games out. Uh, no, I know. Um, but Jeff, you made it sound like those 10 games that you listed were the initial total plan for the Sony Play at Home inter- initiative. Those are additional games. Yeah. There's cause... still like two or three months worth of, of free games that they're going to yeah uh, reveal to us and obviously they do like the ps plus if you're a ps plus person you get like anywhere yeah, from yeah, two yeah. To that's i mean it's totally separate from playstation plus yeah but i'm saying that's another thing that they do that's just yeah. giving free games so like there people be giving out free games yeah i just wanted to clarify that yes thank you uh all right so i think it was two weeks ago we learned that there was going to be a playstation vr 2 
and we are all fairly skeptical of it. Uh, today, we got images of what the controllers look like. And good news, they are not the... the the they're not move controllers? Yeah, they're not move controllers. <laughs> they're not like weird <laughs> vibrators that you're just swinging around in the air. Uh, there you go. They are... They look very reminiscent of the original Oculus controllers uh, mm. with the, the circles being down by your wrist. I know on the Quest, the circles are kind of up on the tops of your hands. Um, but yeah, it's nearly identical. You got the two thumbsticks. You got start and select button or whatever they are on PlayStation. I don't remember. I, they will forever be start and select to me on every console. Uh, That's and- actually what they are on PlayStation. Or they used yeah. to be, at least. They used to be. Yeah. Actually... N- now it's three line button and uh, three other line button. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, don't, I was talking to Andrew a bit about this. It has the triggers and like the extra buttons, like where your ring finger is. Uh, this is definitely a step in the right direction. I was assuming they were gonna have another dumb controller, but this makes me think that, like, yeah, no, we're actually invested in doing good VR. So now if sure they can, so. now if they can just make it so it's inside out tracking, uh, which was the original PSVR inside out tracking. Like, did it track from the helmet, or did you have to set up a? No, you needed the camera in front of you on the TV. Yeah, you right? needed the camera. So if they do inside out tracking on the headset and they they make it optimally zero cords, but realistically, if they can make it one cord, that they make big strides to. Uh, making it more of like what the standard of VR is, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't think any of us are going to get this. Uh, I have a chance. Yeah. I have my quest. Tcon has his uh, Oculus. Derek, I don't think you care about VR. Adam, I don't think you care about VR. I've just never been, I've never but found I, the, the platform to get me into it. You know, uh, the, yeah, the killer that, app. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah if, it's if, not that if I don't is good, I would get it. Yeah, right? You know? Yeah. It's like, if I would have loved to play through all of Resident Evil 7 in VR, um, but (laughs) it's just that the the physical experience of using the PlayStation headset is so sickening in and of itself, let alone the imagery in Resident Evil 7. uh, (laughs) I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't uh, play it for more than 20 minutes. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, I, I like the idea of it. I just don't think me personally like grand scheme of all time i think i'm more comfortable playing games classically than i would be with vr so like the 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 appeal would be lost i mean after a bit i just feel like i wouldn't use it as often which would make the purchase worth it for me yeah i mean i only bust out my headset on very rare occasions if i'm like oh man i really want to play beat saber or i I really want to show i really want to show someone keep talking and nobody explodes like there's a couple really cool things and every once in a while there'll be another interesting cool thing that they do but they're so far and few and far between that yeah i can't i couldn't in good conscience recommend anyone buying a vr headset it's more of like a hey use mine for a second like tetris effect that was that was incredible but that was the last big vr game that i had to play that was like i was like this this is better for being in vr yeah outside of games like beat saber and tetris effect like you mentioned there's no games that exist in vr that i'm like well i need to spend upwards of 600 dollars to play these you know with beat saber i got basically my fill of it just from visiting people who, who already it. had it 
Uh, and that what was that other game uh, on Oculus? Robo Recall. Mm. I really, Ooh, I really yeah. like that one too. But That's I'm like, but I'm like, I wouldn't buy a whole system for it. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, Star Wars Squadrons in VR was fucking really cool. But uh, I got pretty motion sick after about forty minutes. Uh, there yeah. was this uh, Rick and Morty game that Corey had. Yeah, that was really you fun. Were... I just played that game for like hours. Oh, the I was over. Yeah, that one. you're and just. Your... I didn't realize that I was playing for hours until someone finally like was like, "Hey, it's <laughs> it's been this long." It's like, yeah. what? Yeah, you... there's just so much stuff to do in like the Rick and Morty universe. Uh, it was. It's just a sandbox so in, in his garage. You just around garage, with all yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's really See, good. Actually, there was one point where you like open a door and you're just in space, and I almost fell because I thought I was gonna fall into space. Scared the shit out of me. I I lied. Half Life Alex is the game. Yeah, that's the game. Oh, that I keep I, that meaning I need. to, but set up and play that. It, game. But I'm not, I'm not buying the fucking Steam peripheral. Tikan, uh, I've never played Half Life before. We'll so. we'll uh we'll set a day and I'll come down and help you reset up your VR and we'll get Half Life Alex and we'll play a bunch of it because I I wanted yeah, to cool. experience that too. All right, let's move on to a story about this. Just like came to light what three or so hours ago, something like that. PlayStation has bought the Evo Fighting Game Championship Series. <laughs> So PlayStation bought Evo, which is like the big fighting game <laughs> tournament that takes place in June, July. I think it happens in July. Uh, so, yeah, the the two main guys who work on it are still going to have uh, basically run the tournament. They're just supported by Sony now. They posted a like a message. Uh, the the most important thing in this is it says Evo is still open to all platforms and that PlayStation and RTS are allowed uh, Julio's teams to work with its communities to support fighting games as a whole. So, uh, I think the big thing on everyone's mind is one, is everything going to be played on PlayStations going forward? And two, will games like Smash Bros. be there? And the fact that they said uh, it's still open to other platforms, Evo is still open to all platforms, makes me think that Smash will still be there. However, or at least that it still has the option to be there. Whether or not Nintendo allows it is a completely different story. Yes. So Nintendo uh, has a comment about the acquisition, and they said Nintendo has enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments and wish to show organizers the best with their new venture. We will continue to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future online and offline Super Smash Brothers tournament activity. Uh, so I feel like that's a big old nothing sentence, like that. Yeah, yeah I mean. The, kind of, the waters were already a little murky on whether or not Nintendo would even re-enter the space in general because not only did Evo staff members themselves have sexual misconduct allegations, but a lot of prominent Smash Brothers players did as well. So surrounding that whole situation, I wouldn't have been surprised if Nintendo just full quit entirely. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if Nintendo wants to have anything to do with Smash tournaments going forward like they're still gonna happen they didn't in the first place so. yeah now it seems like they're gonna want to distance themselves even more from it but it's just, just it felt like it came out of left field to read that playstation bought a fighting game tournament 
You know? Yeah, with th- with this and Microsoft acquiring Smash GG, now Nintendo is the only uh, of the big three companies who like don't have a foot in the fighting game space. Mm. Uh, unless you count their like Splatoon opens, but nobody is. Yeah. It's just such a weird, interesting thing to see pop up. Uh, and really, we won't know yeah. how it affects anything until we get closer to Evo itself. Um, it could have could have big implications. It could maybe a uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale two is on the horizon. <laughs> That's what. Yeah, is that going to be announced at Evo twenty twenty one? Yes. Oh my god, they better yeah. have PlayStation All Stars one at Evo twenty twenty one as like a side. I mean, event. they were gonna do they were gonna That'd do MVC two last year. Is there anyone who still plays uh, Mar- uh, that, I almost said Mar- uh, Battle or All-Stars? That's, what, that's what I feel like would be hilarious is, is if like they managed to like let like a certain amount of like well-known esports players know or something like some well-known Smash players and then like gave you know they really played helping. the game for a couple months and then just like put them in a bracket and see what happened. That'd be funny. <laughs> Or you think like, uh, or, or I mean, like, outside of All Stars Battle Royale, do I, I keep saying All Stores. Yeah, I don't know why. That's definitely not it. <laughs> um, but outside of that, there's really no like Sony affiliated fighting games I can think of that would be more prominently featured at the event. Unless you guys can think of anything. <sighs> Nothing Sony specific. Everything is kind of third party ambiguous like not right, yeah, leaning exactly. towards any I don't think they've published any I think exactly. Smash is the well, only like, like uh, big three leaning of any of the fighting games is yeah. Evo like um yeah, uh, what's the word I'm looking for <laughs> that's a good uh, question. is it like is it fighting games only yeah yeah uh, so, okay, so it's a fighting I mean, games tournament. I mean, they had a Catherine tournament, which is like more of yeah. a, a puzzle type game. But that's like a that's a side event. Yeah, all the at main Evo, events are. Evo, fighting. there are always eight or nine main games, and it's always Tekken, Street Fighter, Smash, DBFZ, uh, the other ones. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat sometimes, sometimes Samurai Showdown, sometimes Soul Calibur. Yeah. There's like usually Pokemon a tournament few, was in there one year. There's a few key staples: Street Fighter Five, the most recent yeah. Mortal Kombat, Smash, and then like you'll see some Gear. cycle out, like whatever the newest anime fighter is will be there. Uh, them so, them fighting herds wasn't going to be in it last yeah. year. Uh, Skullgirls is in it. Something yeah. So like the smaller, more indie anime fighters cycle in and out, but like the big contenders are usually always there. Could, yeah. Do we think we could see Sony using this as a way to promote more esports? That like maybe they are like if Sony like, comes out with maybe an esports related game, like oh it's Evo, but now Sony's new esport game is here as well. Like whatever you know? the next Rocket League is or whatever. Right, right. Destruction All Stars like, is there. Call of Duty, yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah, I don't know. Uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale too. I don't, I don't think <laughs> there it is confirmed. I don't think they would for this I'm first saying. year, but maybe in the future, or maybe yeah. they do multiple, like they do Evo uh, fighting game, or and then they do an Evo shooter, like they right, do different. Right. 
Yeah. Like Evo it, becomes more. It becomes I don't, the brand and the events become their own kind of things. I don't like that at all. I know you don't like it, but exactly. I, I'm not trying to say what you might like. I, I why would I would hate that? Why would a, a, a like a multinational corporation purchase a seemingly unknown fight like a very niche, uh, you know? Yeah, a half a week like Evo. event. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like it, it makes me think they want they know the popularity of this and think they can make it huge, like they can bigger. expand it. Yeah. Like it can be multiple events throughout the year that aren't just fighting games, but are other other things too. I think you're on well, something. Well, I mean, they they acquired Evo in partnership with RTS, who is, as far as I know, a previously unknown esports entity. Right. So yeah. I, I would say the plans to like enter the esports scene more so lie with whatever they have envisioned, which. You know, I have no idea who they even are. I don't know if RTS stands for something. That's not real-time strategy. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I couldn't dig up any details on them. So, I don't know. Real-time sports. No. So, yeah. We'll we'll see how this unfolds. It's like, we can speculate, but only time will tell with this one. It's just such right. an interesting, random thing. Yeah. Last if, uh, thing. But if, the, if this means that Smash is out of Evo forever, then I will probably pay less attention than I would have previously. All right. Last thing uh, was the Square Enix Presents happened today. So we got a bunch of different announcements, a couple new things, uh, updates on existing things. Uh, so let's go through and see what we got. We got a bunch more stuff about Outriders. Again, that game is on the horizon. It's only like two weeks away. I feel like we didn't need more about that, but... It is what it is. Um, we got... It's the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider, so they're doing a whole bunch of stuff for that. Uh, they... Let's see. They're making a Tomb Raider cookbook. Uh, they're bundling... It's called the Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy. So Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider, and Shadow of Tomb Raider are all coming out in a collection. Lara Croft came to Fortnite. Um... They're, they're doing, doing like some special like Fortnite creative thing too, which seemed pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, with like the Croft Mansion. So yeah. So obviously the biggest announcement here is that the the definitive Survivor trilogy is coming out. So you'll be able to get play all three of those games in a single bundle. Um, so that's pretty cool. They talked about a bunch of mobile game things. Just Cause Mobile, Project Hitman Sniper. Uh, they're doing an AR Space Invaders. And no AR game since Pokemon Go has been successful, so I don't expect this to last very long. Uh, they showed us more about Balan Wonderworld, but hell, that everyone says that game is terrible, so I'd have no interest yeah. in it. The trailer kind of gave me no indication on whether or not it was even going to be... Like, I, I still, from the latest trailer, had no idea what was even happening in that game. Yeah, yeah like, I, I watched this live, and it was kind of just all over the place, like, very not sticking to here's what you actually do in the game it was big and flashy but not a lot of like actual like what's going on here mm. it looks like it would be better realized as a pbs show it does yeah. look like it'd be a fun show the animations look pretty not great no like, it's just like bad. bounce around with no emotion yeah it looks super weird yeah like those two characters were in like weird costumes and shapes and shit and they're like use your powers and i'm like what fucking powers all you do is jump drugs those are the powers the power of drugs uh we got well that's 
they were definitely on some drugs when they thought about this game. <laughs> uh, we got some Avengers updates. Hawkeye is coming. I think Kate Bishop's already in the game, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, and then they yeah, tease yeah. that Black Panther's coming in the future. I don't know if anyone's still interested in uh, Avengers it's great anymore. For, it's great for concurrent Avengers players. I don't know if it... All 10 of them. It, it's like, I, I, I have this thought where I'm like, you know, the more they announce for this game, the more I'm like, hey, maybe in three years that'll be a pretty good time to jump in and, and be like, hey, let's try out all this stuff. But apparently if what I heard is like the Kate Bishop update was fun, but only really netted people a couple of hours of play, mm. you know? Uh, and like for people who have maxed out level levels on like multiple characters, it's like almost not worth playing at all anymore. So like they're just waiting for these seasonal updates to come out and it seemed like Greg Miller did a pretty good video on it uh, today or yesterday where he was saying like, give us a transparent roadmap on, on what you, on what you're working on, what release date is, you know, the characters are coming, what characters are coming uh, just so that we have something to look forward to. And, and so we feel like our time isn't being wasted. Um, so I have, yeah. I have hope that one day that game will be, will be good. But right now, it's kind of rough still. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of the problem with these uh, like games as a service kind of stuff. Because, yeah, you run with this problem like, oh, yeah, this game will be good after all this stuff is released. Like when you go into developing a game knowing that you're going to be releasing parts of it for years to come, I think you kind of you run into that problem where you kind of maybe cheap out on the base game a little bit. And it's not as a rewarding experience because, you know, oh, there's going to be stuff coming later. So that's when they'll get that. But doesn't mean like what you have. <laughs> Like, you got to do work to make sure you're going to want people coming back for the extra stuff. Yeah, and we've had, you know, this whole conversation about development and being transparent about it. But I'm, I am really getting sick of hearing the phrase day one patch. Exactly. Like, if it's day one patch, why wasn't that in the game to begin with? Yeah, it's yeah. just... The it horrors feels like of cyberpunk is rushed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like even other stuff, like I've seen other games, like before they even released, like, oh, we're going to have like this like monthly expansion pass. Like just, just get, just put that in the game. If you already have it, why is it not in the game? Because it's not finished. Hmm. Well, and like logistically, like in order to ship a game to retailers, you have to have like a solid date where you say, okay, this cut of the game is what is the game. So usually that is like from, from even, even like from a, from a, from a, a, a software engineering perspective, that's not even like the, so you have the final cut of the game, maybe one month before, but then like three months before that, the the final like release version is probably released to the QA team. So from from four months until release, like that's when developers are starting to work on new content. And so that's why they, these companies can have these day one patches and have these already announced uh, like expansions and stuff because the, you know the from a development perspective, they've already started on these things. They or from a planning perspective, they probably planned those things six months ago. So while it's easy for us as as gamers to be like, why isn't that already in the game? In a software development, from a software development standpoint, it's because that's how much time it takes to plan and develop and QA and then go back and develop more and then QA. So yeah, fair enough. 
Fair enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's all you know. <laughs> fine, but the important part about it is transparency with the consumer, right? Like, just market your game as what it is, instead of you know telling us one thing and then because like all of this stuff that they're shipping in Marvel's Avengers was supposed to be out six months ago. Well, that's just that marketing people are poop. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is market yeah. your games better. Yeah, like I'm I'm kind of with Andrew on that, like. In the grand scheme of things, I kind of wish it was still like, like, here's the game I'm getting. And then, like, maybe a year later, oh, we made some DLC. Okay, cool. I didn't know that was a thing. Nowadays, it's like, well, here's what the game is, and here's what it's going to be in a year. So, like, I might be more excited for a thing it's going to be in a year, you know? Like, when you already say you're going to have, like, five expansions after you launch the base game, it kind of ruins some of the surprise for me. Like, yeah, I'd rather have a game be an experience and then get surprised with some extra stuff later if I feel like I'm going to do that. Like if it looks good, I'll get it. Like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, exactly. That was a very complete it, game when it came out, and then a year after, they're like, oh, by the way, you're going to have this like extra chapter where you play as Yuffie. It's like, cool. Yeah. Like, t- to me, it just feels like too much, like if you're banking on these like expansion passes and these like like monthly battle passes for even games now, like I'm not talking about like Fortnite or stuff, but like like that Immortals Phoenix Rising game that had planned DLC and they were calling it like a monthly pass. It's like I don't know, just give me a game, give me an experience, don't bank on like roping me into the beginning and then you know, stretching it out for months after that. Hmm. The problem with Marvel's Avengers specifically though is that they 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 pushed the game as as a Destiny clone, right? Where it's always online it's cooperative so you can just hop on with a party and do a raid or whatever but there's just no content so now what it's turned into is this like like you said adam this seasonal you know battle pass of the month thing where there are new content updates you know every now and then but that'll that'll only last you for so long and they have so much in the pipeline and it feels like we just don't know what that is kind of feels like games get developed like certain people are developing these games more, so they're going to be like, "Oh, we'll get your money on the monthly battle pass, so we don't have to put this in the base game." Unfortunately, they do that because it's a proven strategy. That's how they make yeah. More unfortunately, money. it works. <laughs> that's the sad part that it does work. And All that's right. why I'm saying that I think in the, in a few years this will be great because there will like for someone who's just you know stepping into it for the first time, they can say like, "Oh, hey, look, there's like you know 15 characters and a bunch of story content to play." It's like we're we're playing Final Fantasy 14 for the first time, you know, this year. And imagine sitting through the hell show that was its release and then the aftermath of that. True. But we didn't have to do that. And now we can just play it and enjoy it. All right. Let's move on from Avengers. We've been talking about it way too long. There's new content coming. Uh, Project Athia, which they teased during the initial PS5 reveal uh, show that we watched, has gotten an official name. It's called Forspoken. Uh, and the premise is you're a, a normal girl and you go into this like magical weird world, like a final fantasy world. And she's like, what the fuck was that? A dragon. And that was the trailer. <laughs> uh, Did you watch like the end of the trailer though? N- I had it on in the background at work, so I wasn't able oh, to super fully the, to do it. They like show like, I think maybe like 10 seconds of what looks like actual gameplay. And yeah. it looks really cool. Really? Yeah. Her like flipping around and oh, doing oh, twists yeah. and shit with the, and like with the roots. Oh, I'm it, looking at like, it right now. Like, Whoa. Like nature magic. Yeah. yeah the game yeah. looks really cool. It, it was looking pretty dope. 
Like, I thought they were making, like, another RPG, a J- JRPG, but this looks like it's an action RPG. And yeah. that's in the freaking uh, the Luminous Engine. Oh, Yo, man. she blows up a bear with magic. I'm in. Yeah, right? <laughs> this game looks awesome. Fully yeah. on board. Yeah, and I'm glad really they cool. I'm glad they learned from their mistakes and didn't just name it Athia. Uh, so uh, it's got a 2022 release date, so we won't get yeah. that. Yeah. So does that make you think Final Fantasy 16 is this year? This year, yeah, yeah, it's possible. Well, we knew that this was 2022. What Project Athia? Right. We yeah. knew that Project Athia was 22. Yeah, but, they, but they, that's they, like, what Derek's really saying. Confirmed it. I feel like. Do 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 we think that now that it's like officially super confirmed to be 2022? Like they put the number on it. Yeah. Do we expect or, Final Fantasy 16 to come out this year, or in the same year, or is it going to be a 2023 game? I think well, Project I Athia comes out like, like fall 2022, and Final Fantasy 16 comes out spring in spring at the latest, if not this year. I think it has to come out in that time period from this fall to the next spring because final fantasy seven is going to be a spring 2023 obviously yeah you'd imagine remake part two yeah part two yeah. and they said that they're like focusing a lot on part two so yeah they said after yeah. they finished the integrate stuff they immediately went full steam onto part two no other yeah. dlc coming for remake uh all right last announcement in this square enix presents we're getting a new life is strange game I've never played any of the licensed strange games. Uh, apparently people love them. Uh, I'm kind of interested in playing them now, uh, but it's called life is strange. True colors. Uh, another normal girl who has a strange power. Uh, she has like a psychic empathy power and yeah, it's just another life is strange game. People are very, very excited about it. Yeah, and also Life is Strange one was pretty fun. So. Yeah, they're making Life is Strange remastered collection, which is coming out this fall. Um, uh, it includes Life is Strange and Life is Strange Before the Storm, and then Life is Strange True Colors is coming out on September 10th. So yeah, overall a pretty decent showing. Uh, a little Jeff, you forgot the most important announcement in the presentation no i intentionally forgot a couple or skipped a couple because they were so dumb and irrelevant <laughs> new bubble bobble jeff uh, uh, bubble bobble <laughs> four friends is coming the baron is back jeff that know. song's a banger come on uh, i don't know when they first showed uh bub and bob i was like oh my god a new uh oh, fuck bust the move game but <laughs> it was not bust the move uh so yeah that's it for that. I thought it was pretty solid. An entertaining watch, if you ask me. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, that's it for news. Why don't we talk about what we've been playing lately? Uh, anyone playing anything new and interesting? No? Andrew, you said you didn't play any games this week, right? Um, you took a week I... off from games. Well, I mean, I guess since last week... I have played Loop Hero for the first time. All right. Do we want to fucking start by talking about I, Loop Hero? I guess I forgot about it. Just do it. Just start. You know you want to. I also played a lot of Assassin's Creed 3 this week. Cool. Um, I feel like you don't ever want to dive too deep into those because you do an entire episode based on them. Uh, No. The one thing I'll say is that I've skinned a lot of animals, and not once did I wish that that animation was 45 seconds long. <laughs> 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 so we can uh, move on to... Loop Hero, game of the year, baby. Yeah. Hold on, we gotta skin an animal real quick. It's gonna take forty-five seconds. 
Ah, uh, <laughs> see, so, the thing is, Derek, in Assassin's Creed Three, I skinned three animals in the time it took you to say that. So, <laughs> so I uh, I downloaded Loop Hero during last week's podcast. I played it. I did like the tutorial. I don't know two nights ago, and then today I got home from work and sat down and played it for a couple hours before the podcast. <laughs> and I love that game. It's so so interesting, and it's it's doing something so unique, but. And just engaging enough to like keep you occupied and thinking the whole time, but not too mentally taxing where you're like, there's too much to keep track of. It's hard to fully explain it. And you just, it's like one of those things you just have to play for yourself. But I've been thoroughly enjoying Loop Hero. It's just such a seamless like game to, to have on. Like You don't have to be fully paying attention, but you can... And, yeah and then and that's when it gets into the nitty-gritty and then you can like plan out See, how you want i've heard so. a lot of people say yeah just play it in the background but when i'm playing it it's my full focus and my full attention and i'm pausing when i get new cards to place or tiles to place or uh, equipment and i like always compare all of my equipments and see what is best and make sure i'm placing things in the correct see, spaces i i feel like because how many how many loops have you done how many loops yeah, have you been like through like because you said you beat the boss, the first boss. I on beat your, what, the third first boss. Uh, I think it was my third or fourth playthrough. If you, uh, sorry, you're gonna be hearing if you're listening to the podcast. I'm gonna, uh, the music to Loop Hero is playing as I opened up the game. Um, I statistics. I have done seven expeditions. Uh, max number of okay. loops in a single expedition was seven, and I've completed twenty-two total loops. Uh, so I guess I made yeah, how many X? Ex- because I feel like at this point I have done like a lot. I have twenty, almost twenty hours in the game. Oh wow! Wow! So I have um, um, Jesus. I have just under two hours of actual expedition time, which I like how yes. they separate it from game time and expedition time. Uh, because I have like two twenty in game time and almost two in expedition, but I yeah. have forty-one 30 expeditions. 41 wow no 30 okay that's i don't know dope. who said 41 but that's all he said that he has 41 minutes oh, oh, oh. okay yeah and th- like i like the max i've done in a, in a single one is like nine or something like that but like so i i definitely feel like we're from when i was at that point like yeah you're like pretty engaged but i think from loop eight to loop 25 it was just like yeah, whatever. Like, really? all, everything goes here. Everything goes here. Everything goes here. Because I feel like there's a point in the game where you to, like you start just needing to farm resources. Mm. So what you do every time is just the same. You're not really paying attention too, too hard to the game. But then you get to where I'm at in the game, and you now have to really start paying attention. Because the decks, you, you're, you start getting even more customizability and synergy within your deck. So picking cards and placing cards becomes i feel like even more like you have you want to you're paying a lot more attention mm. um so I, it definitely i think hits like a lull point a little bit where you like it's a little less engaging and i was starting to be like uh i'm starting to get a little bored of this loop but then i got to like i got my next upgrade and it's just completely opened the game up again yeah so it's such a good drip feed of like like you unlock right. something new 
when you're in your town. And then from there, it like you get one new card and it adds all these possibilities. And it's just so interesting. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been pretty invested in Loop Hero. And it's like it's a two way street where it's like, man, I wish this was on Switch or mobile. Cause, but at the same time, I'm glad it's I was not. also thinking that I'm glad it's not because I would be playing it literally all the fucking time. <laughs> and that would be dangerous. So the yeah. fact that I have to be like, OK, I'm going to sit at my computer and I'm going to play Loop Hero for an hour and like plan my time and to go and sit and play it as opposed to just have it always going is, uh, I think, a big deal. Uh, or it's like it's probably for the best. But like Derek said, it's the perfect game to have on the in the background of something, mm. right? So like, like a you, podcast. This is so, or, yeah. or like a yeah, like a TV show or a podcast or a video or something, you know. Um, which is it's great for me because I do a lot of that. And if you like, you can just pause it, and then like engage in whatever you need to engage in for whatever amount of time and then just come back and unpause it that's the nice going. thing yeah. It's, yeah or if you're me just let it run yeah like as long as you make sure i mean even if you like do die the run isn't a complete waste especially if you're not engaging like if you're thinking about like a t how much time i spent engaging with a game versus like you know like how much i got out of the run like if well if i'm not engaging in it and i got 40 resources like that's fine. I yeah. didn't do anything. Like, I just uh, turned the game on. It's like that. At that point, you're just running a simulation. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it's basically. Yeah. I, I feel like simulation is a very good way of putting it. It's just like running in the background and you're just letting it do its thing. Like cookie clicker. <laughs> it's definitely oh not God. on on like the the clicker or idle game level. It's definitely no, no. more engaging than that. But it's like. But it's almost in that ilk. <sighs> yeah. It's right. like the Which, perfect balance. Like you can, like you can treat it as such, right? And like, like we said, let it run, complete a run, die, get resources, repeat. Or you can take the time and learn the systems, and that's what makes it a video game. Yeah, mm. and that's what I love about it. It's like I'm, I'm taking the time to learn all the intricacies and like the combinations and optimal placements. And I'm not really looking anything up. I'm just kind of doing it. Like I was, I had it streaming on uh, my dis. <laughs> before we started recording and andrew you're like oh shit you can do that yeah. and then I'm you're just like i'm just learning stuff and you were like did you know if you make a, a three by three grid with the mountains it turns into like this fucking super mountain and you get 150 extra hp uh and Wait, like what? all yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. I, if you make a, a three by three grid with the mountains it turns into i think it's called like a mountain range or something and you get a shit ton of uh what's that resource there's a specific resource that noticeable change yeah you get a bunch yeah. of those, which is really. You important. can only do it once per run, though. You can only make one. Oh, is that why? Run? That makes sense because yeah, I've tried to do one it. Mountain. Yeah, I've tried to do multiple and it hasn't worked. So there, that makes sense. There's a lot of like cool little things that like you wouldn't think. Like, have you put a a uh, vampire hut next to a village yet? I don't think I've gotten no. a village. When oh, you don't have the village yet. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's another thing. Like you get once. Yeah. Yeah. There's little new combinations you can get so i i just discovered that one today and i was like oh shit uh there was another one i got that i was like whoa like it just spawned a thing on the map like that's mm -hmm. that's i like that when yeah or like the first just time spawned, and you're like what 
yeah. did I do to do that? I was like, where the fuck did this harpy come from? And it turns yeah. out if if you make the mountain range, harpies will show up every two days. Or, something. or yeah. like, like if you put enough rocks down, goblin camps just start showing up. It's just like yeah. the first time all these things happen, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I and like the the baseline gameplay loop for this game is so therapeutic that I just like I didn't read anything even in like the tooltips and I didn't pay attention to yeah like, you were any, saying you any didn't... of the HUD so like the first time the boss showed up I was like what the fuck is this and I so I like I, I had to determine whether or not I even wanted to attempt it and then from there it was just like oh my god so I like. At first, I didn't even notice like the day cycle either. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I am enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time you learn something new, it like it can change the game drastically. It's so fun. Yeah, and and that's awesome because it kind of plays into the theme of the game, right? Like from what I, I I've paid little attention to the story so far, but it seems like it's playing with a very interesting concept through like perception and memory, right? And nothingness. So, yeah, exactly. And like, what is existence? Uh, so, so that's very uh cool that they align like that. Mm, I agree. Uh, so yeah, I've been enjoying the shit out of Loop Hero. I'm gonna. I it may get me to turn my computer on way more than I previously was. Which, <laughs> not a bad thing. It's a great. Uh, it's a great game. I I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about the idea of like, like just streaming your games to your friends and just hanging out in a call with like two people, two or three people and just mm. playing games and like not necessarily playing a game together, but just playing games together. Yeah. You know? playing the, games. Loop, Loop Hero is a prime game to do that with. I mean, Tigan and I, we used to do that with our friends on the Xbox all the time. We would just right. yeah. like, we'd all be playing our different games, but just hanging out and chatting at the same time. Hanging out and party I, chat. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought we were going to do more when the PlayStation five came out and it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, what I played, but, like a, cu- a handful of games. I played Spider Man. I played yeah, exactly the other one, Astros. And then by then, once I moved on to Persona, you guys weren't on playing on the PlayStation anymore. <laughs> but hey, with Loop Hero, we should start doing it. Hell yeah, man! Just we, hang out. we can have it going in the background while we play Left 4 Dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you run two Steam games at the same time? No, oh. I don't think you can. Oh man, you'd have to have two separate like clients Computers. of uh, like Windows running, which you could technically do on your computer. Like you could run a VM of like Windows on your computer, and it would be probably powerful enough to run Loop Hero. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I feel like if, I they, put, if is, they put Loop yeah. Hero on the Switch, yeah, perfect. Not, not bad. Um. So yeah. I've been super digging Loop Hero. Yeah. Um, have you been playing anything else, Andrew? Oh, yeah. We were still on me. No. No? <laughs> no, I have not. Uh, I guess I'll go quickly just because I only have really one other thing. Um, I did get KOTOR to work, so I started nice. KOTOR. Uh, uh, I'm not going to talk much about it, but did you guys know that game is literally just Dungeons & Dragons? <laughs> yes, Pretty yes. much, yeah. Really? I, mean, I found I found out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, when you go when you start the game and it's like, okay, divvy up your points between strength, constitution, wisdom, intelligence, dexterity, like every charisma. charisma. They are literally the D and D stats. I was like, and and so I remember I started that game as a kid because I distinctly remember like the beginning part in that spaceship, and I was just like, oh, I know why. I get why I didn't understand this as a kid now. Uh, 
So I'm, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to playing it yeah. now that I know what it is. It's even more know. like D&D in the sense that it's uh, like for combat wise, it's actually like internally rolling dice to yeah. figure out what's going on. Yeah. I don't want to talk yep. too much about it. And that's the last thing we'll say about yeah. it. I don't want to. Other than the it. fact that for some reason, this game, uh, you know, instead of all the others is the one where we're like, well, we're not going to do the episode on it for like another month, but let's, let's <laughs> I, drop in a little nugget right here. I, I just like it blew my mind because I didn't know that's what it was. <laughs> Uh, so, okay. Uh, I did KOTOR. Bravely Default 2, still going great. I forgot to mention last week, uh, it's got like a traditional Final Fantasy like side game. It's like a card game where you're placing tiles on a board and taking over oh, yeah, other people's tiles. It's pretty fun. I'm enjoying that. I always get very addicted to all of those like games within Final Fantasy games. Then uh, you would love Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was telling you, there's the one in uh, Valhalla that I really liked. Yeah, uh, that's a that is a uh, they made that up for Valhalla, right, Derek? Orlog? Oh no, I think Orlog's a real game. In like Norse culture, I think so. That's pretty cool then. Cause, I don't like, think I was... so because you have little tokens that do like god powers that can only be kept track of by a video game. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like oh. how there are only digital things you could do in Legends of Runeterra. Yes. I guess they're making an They're Orlog making game. a real life Orlog, yeah, which is yeah. gonna be cool. Um Yeah, and I don't know I don't know if they made any of these up for Assassin's Creed three, but there's a lot of like old wooden board games. Like uh one of them is called uh Six Man's Morris, which can be varied into nine or twelve man's Morris, and then there's like there's like another one that I forgot the name of, but it's a lot of like, you know, wooden playing boards and you're moving tiles around and then it's they're all pretty cool, and it's like I've never heard of any of them, so it's like I love games like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I've been enjoying Bravely Default 2. I'm just chipping away at it. It's like 10 hours a week, basically, I'm able to put into it. Uh, don't know how long it's going to take me. But yeah, I'm having fun mixing and matching jobs and doing cool new things. But yeah, that's been it for me. What about you, Derek? Because I know you share Loop Hero and Bravely Default. Yeah. Um, so I went back and, cause I was thinking about how like, oh, I haven't played anything on my PlayStation in a while. Um, so I went back and I finished playing Astro's Playroom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it all, took me all of like two hours to, to finish. Yeah. Like Did the you actual campaign. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother platinuming that Fucking game. wuss. But, what do you mean uh, bother? And I that think I platinum that is a thoroughly in, enjoyable like, platinum. I feel like it probably would be enjoyable to go do. I just I'm like eh, I don't need to do that. See, I would argue that it's like I I only platinum because I was so close to doing it by the end. But like if you like some of the ones like where you do the thing where you have to fall as a monkey, I had to look up the specific spot you have to fall yeah, right, and grab to, like, it's do just that like in or whatever. Yeah, and it's just like okay, I don't need the platinum. I just like. I'm takes five a, minutes though yeah i'm just a loser but like if you're someone who doesn't give a shit about trophy scores and whatnot then there's no need to plot you're like i mean i didn't gain anything from doing those like last challenges after i beat the game you know it's just to say I hey i got I, the platinum i think my playstation level is higher than both of you guys so i don't know if well, I, like, I mean really... I, I never owned a ps4 so that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn i think i have more gamer score than you though that actually, I think, is true. Mm. 
but it's close. I want to say it's close. I think it is close, but I think I play more on my Xbox than you do. Well, I have been playing my Xbox a lot more. Oh yeah. Uh, because of Game Pass. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, so I just uh, what have I been playing? Uh, so I I was playing I was playing Enter the Gungeon. Um, Good but game. lately I don't think I've touched that in a while. I, lately I've been playing uh, Dirt Five. Because that was like, like you were saying earlier, it was one of those games where like it came out and I was kind of excited for it, and then it like didn't get like rave reviews. So I was like, eh, I don't really need to pick it up then. Like if it's not like a really great racing game, then I don't need to spend my money to buy it. So when it came out on Game Pass, I was like, well, if it's free. So I, I like since I've like started getting up like super super early. Um, uh, not on purpose, just on Getting accident. Old. So I have like an hour and a half, two hours every morning before I actually have to start work. So I like sit and eat my breakfast and we'll just like play something on on Game Pass. So I've like I've been playing uh, Dirt the past few mor- mornings and uh, I was kind of impressed. Um, it's super arcadey, which is like okay like yeah like arcade racers are arcade racers um the different classes of like cars are cool the thing that i really like though is there's kind of like there's like a weather system obviously and it actually does seem like the weather really does change the conditions on like the track so you like if it's raining you're gonna actually slide a little bit more and they, they like have like ice where like literally the entire track is ice and you're like you know you can kind of feel yourself slipping uh one of my favorite things about the xbox controller um which i think it's they started doing with this with the series with the the one xbox one controller is the the trigger like the vibrations and the triggers and mm-hmm. it like for racing games it makes like a huge difference because uh at least i know with like forza that it's like if you're the triggers vibrating on your like brake, it means like you're like your brakes aren't you know you're like hitting abs or something like that like there's some there's kind of like a like subtleness to like hey like you're braking but the car is not going to go slow down as quickly because you're braking too hard right now like you needed to brake earlier and let like i don't know i don't know how to explain it i just i feel it in the controller and it makes me a better race car driver in video games <laughs> uh quick side note that i forgot to mention when we were talking about the playstation vr2 controllers they're gonna have the the haptic feedback yes the, the ad- haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers yeah, yeah. that's awesome it's so, pretty neat yeah i so i've been i've been like really enjoying playing that in the morning it actually it, i don't know I, I like i like racing games but this one seems very easy uh i really like the forza games because the way they do their AI is really, really interesting. And um, it, like the game will like prompt you after, like if you win like six races in a row by like a landslide, it'll like prompt you and say like, hey, we noticed you're like doing really well. Like, do you want to bump the difficulty up like one level or whatever? And I, I always say like, yeah. And every time in the in those games, I'm able to find like the perfect difficulty where like I'm not crushing the field every single time, but I'm also like not 
stuck in last place. Like I, I, you know, you actually have to like fight your way to the front of the pack and, and win the race. Whereas in this game, like I turned everything all the way off, like all the assist mechanics, I turned the difficulty as high as it can. And I'm still like, once I get past the second place, like once I pass into first place, you just go and you're gone. Hmm. So I don't know. I, it's like, how, what do I prefer? What do you, what do you want? Do you want developers to do stupid shit like Mario Kart where like the 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 race will uh, everyone will suddenly pass you because of rubber banding or do you want like your skills to actually pay off and if you are really good you're going to be you know you're going to win every race so yeah i don't know i'm really excited i I was bummed when gran turismo 5 was delayed out of this year because i was really excited to finally play another gran turismo game and because you had a fantasy critics (laughs) and that too so i'm but i'm excited next year for that game to come out because i feel like that's going to be the first like true well unless forza comes out this year like the first true like next gen racing game that's going to like really take advantage of of what all what these consoles can do so hmm. yeah Direct. and then did i play anything else i don't think so just loop hero <laughs> loop hero <laughs> and on and i did play more uh Bradley default as well nice uh i kind of got stuck i think i need to like grind a little bit my recommendation as to so you don't have to ever grind in that game is if you when you're going through dungeons uh spend Kick a little instead uh you might want to spend a little time grinding because you might have fallen behind but what i do is i just put it up to times four speed and i fight everything yeah so that, like i'm everything. so strong by the time i get to bosses and whatnot because i am fighting everything and not running away from anything uh it helps a lot and they go the fights go by so quick because you're in times four speed yeah i think so I'm only at like the second city or the second area the or desert, whatever. The desert area. But I think like I didn't do I didn't attack everything in that little like middle mountainous area. So by the time I got there, I wasn't like leveled up enough. But then mm-hmm. when I went back to the other area to like finish side quests there, everything was like running away from me. So I was like, okay, so clearly I'm in like a weird imbalance right now. Yeah. So now I think I'm like back towards okay, now I'm kind of where I need to be and yeah, I just I did the same thing. I like bumped the speed up as fast as far as I could, and I'm just like trying to fight as much as I can. Yeah, it helps and, to keep uh, to yeah. keep up on things. I haven't had something run at me in a long time. Yeah, everything yeah. runs away from me. So. <laughs> everything runs away. <laughs> it's fun. I do like that little mechanic, though. That's kind of cool. It is cool. Does it work like it does in Earthbound? Uh, yeah. No, where you don't auto complete the battles. Uh, Earthbound's no. ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically the way it works is if the game thinks you are stronger than the enemy, the enemy will run away. They're like in, they're visible in the open world. Uh, they yeah. will, they will run away from you. Uh, and if they are stronger than you, then they will run at you, or stronger or equal to you, they'll run at you. So it's Earthbound, but slightly worse. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, no, that game's ass. <laughs> Don't. I meant I meant that one particular mechanic. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, what about you, Adam? Playing anything interesting lately? Anything new? Uh, aside from Kotor, which I'm not allowed to talk about yet, uh, I finally picked up Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So nice. Well, I just downloaded it last night. Which you could have got on Game Pass. Well, too late. I want this is one thing I want to play on my Switch specifically, like. Metroidvania isn't like I prefer playing on my Switch, mm-hmm. but like that's fair. There, there's certain, that. I mean, there are certain games that I will, if there's a choice, there are certain types I'd prefer on the Switch and certain types I prefer on PC. I, but, 
to, I agree with that sentiment, but I think that this is in this instance, this is the objectively wrong decision. It does run real nice on PC. I don't know what it looks like on Switch. It's running. Uh, I don't know. I, I would never go through the time to like do an actual comparison. So like from my standpoint, it still looks gorgeous. So it's the only game that you can play in 6K, Adam. <laughs> and let me tell you, not on fucking Switch. Well, yeah, but. Either way, I'm only an hour in, but damn, is it so much better than the first one. The first one was really good. Yeah, dude. Like, the biggest difference I've noticed is that I do not feel like the combat is something I have to deal with so I don't die when I'm trying to puzzle. Like, combat feels more like something I can actively engage in instead of just spam a button until the threat goes away. Mm. Which is just a humongous improvement over the first one. Like, I always felt like the first one was just... just there to be there you know like oh this thing will kill me unless i button mash this and kill it but like objectively i think ori one would have been a lot better if there was just no combat and it was a puzzle platformer like just you know Hmm. yeah the combat in ori one did feel bland like it was there because they felt like they needed it but like if that had not been there i think it would have been a lot better but Will the Wisp is doing it so much better because it actually feels fluid and dynamic and it has a place being there, not just as a, well, you know, most games like this have that, so I guess we should have that in there. Yeah. So they definitely nailed it on the sequel. I feel you. So far, everything is just just better. And regardless if it would look better on my PC, it still looks pretty damn good on Switch. So. Mm. And that's about it for me. You know, I didn't really do much this week yet. Yeah. You know, the occasional game of Deep Rock, some League here and there. <laughs> All right, Tcon, round us out. Anything new and interesting in your life? Uh, well, you guys convinced me to get Loop Hero, so <laughs> so I'm playing that yeah. right now. <laughs> no, no, I stopped. I was for a bit though. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really enjoying it. Oh wow! All right, I wasn't yeah. sure. I was like fifty-fifty on whether you thought it was going to be cool and fun, or if you're like, no, not for me. No, it definitely seems uh, really interesting. Um. I think I'll pick it up more once you know I'm not playing in the middle of the podcast and I can actually pay a little more attention. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but I was really enjoying it, and then uh, I got uh, Super Mario 3D World yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Nice. Oh yeah, I did I see. Decided you to pull the trigger and get it. Oh, um, I forgot. I, I, beat, I beat Bowser's Fury. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Oh, nice. No, you're good. Let's go. You gonna write the review for that? Yes, now that I finally beat that and I'm like on the final level of 3D World, so I will have a full-on review soon enough. Excellent. Did you beat um the hard one? What's that? Champions Road? Oh, I'm not there yet. I think oh it's, no, yeah, that's like Star Super Road or Champions Road. Yeah, I think that I think it's like post game. Like you got to yeah. beat. The well, I knew it was like that. at the very end, but you said you were at the last level, so. I think I think that's post game content. So you're at the last level of like the main story. Yes, of like the actual like main game. Gotcha. I misunderstood. All right, sorry, Tikon, you go. No, you're good. Um, yeah. So uh, I got 3D World and I started playing that. Um, I beat the first world, and then uh, I stopped after that. But I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. Have cool. you done any of Bowser's Fury yet? No, not yeah. I I don't know if I'm just gonna. Like go back and forth and play a little that first, or if I'm just gonna try and beat 3D World and then 
um, beat that. Does it have anything to do with 3D World, or is it just nope, like completely a unrelated. totally separate thing? Oh, but okay. it's a then lot of fun. Then maybe okay. I'll try it out. I wasn't sure if it was related because if it was, then I was just gonna wait. But maybe nope, it's just just an add-on, like something they wanted to add into this version of the game, and it's totally worth it. Hmm. All right, I'll give it a I'll give it a try. Like, that is honestly like what I want Mario games to be going forward. It's just it's so good. Interesting. Um, other than that, I think I've really been playing much lately. Yeah, I've had a lot going on, so I've just kind of been chilling out. I feel like that seems to be the general vibe uh, for everyone. Everyone seems like they've been really busy lately. Um, all right. Well, if that's everything everyone's been playing, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the games and franchises that we want to see revived. All right, we have returned and we are going to discuss the games and franchise hot boom sauce beef jerky. (laughs) Derek's eating beef jerky. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about the games. The franchises that we would like to see or like updates to old genres that we haven't seen in a while. And this was obviously inspired by last week. The TMNT game got announced and it's very much um, it's in the style of the old arcade games. And we've seen things like Sonic Mania where they revived the the old the feeling of the old game but modernized it. So it kind of got me thinking. I was like, what other franchises or game genres could we see revivals for? And I wanna, I wanted to talk to you guys about it. And when I started first thinking about it, uh, I started thinking of some of like my favorite games of all time and being like, oh man, I wish that there were versions of like a newer version of these games. And then I realized a lot of my like favorite games are like, there's a lot of games coming out in like the next year even. Yeah. All of these games are in the next year or two that are either spiritual successors or new entries and franchises of things I love. So Left 4 Dead 2. I was like, man, I could really, like, where's Left 4 Dead? Back 4 Blood's coming out. Back 4 Blood, baby. The World's End With You is such an amazing JRPG story and such a unique mechanic. The World Ends With You 2 is coming out. Oh, man, you remember Pokemon Snap? That game's incredible. Pokemon Snap 2 is coming <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics, one of my top five favorite video games of all time. Getting a spiritual successor in the incredible style of uh, uh, Octopath. And then I was like, oh, I love sports RPGs, specifically the Mario Golf games. We're getting a fucking Mario Golf RPG later this year. So, like, they're already... Don't forget Sports Story. Yeah, and Sports Story's coming out, too. Like, they're already doing a whole bunch of, like, things that I we haven't seen in a long time that I'm excited for because they're bringing it back. Uh, but I was still able to make a list of some some things that I, I want to see come back in some fashion. I don't know it- if you guys did the same, but... It, it was funny because, like, along that same lines, one of the things I was thinking about was, like, if you'd asked me this, like, a year ago, I would have been like, oh, you know it would be kind of great if they, like, made another, like, Crash Bandicoot in, like, that platform of style. And, you know, they did it. They did it right? six months ago. Like, yeah. Or, like, oh, man, I wish they would bring back God of War. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they did. And it's really fucking good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the the industry is doing this a lot and nailing it a lot and that's something i feel like you don't see 
I feel like in movies, anytime they remake a franchise or something, people are just like, uh, like the newer alien movies I've heard are all pretty terrible or, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on bringing up other examples off the top of my head. Um, but it's, I feel like you don't hear when they revive or bring things back or like TV shows, like apparently fuller house was terrible. <laughs> uh, girl, oh, really? girl meets world wasn't very good. Oh yeah, girl meets world was bad. So like stuff like that, it's like I feel like they don't often have success. But in the video game space, they've been having a lot of success bringing back old franchises or like things of that nature, or like styles of game that you haven't seen in a while and updating them. Uh, so so what are some things that you guys were thinking about that you you would love to see come back? And like you can either just say something along the lines of like, Oh, I would love to see a new X game. I don't know what that would look like, but I would love to see it. Or if you're like, Hey, I have an idea for this. We're going to bring it back and we're going to change it to be like, like really go into depth about how you think you could modernize an old classic. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Who wants to go first? Anyone? I'm going to make Adam go first. Oh, joy. Cause uh, I first thing I thought of, first thing I thought of was, uh, I would really like to see a new kid Icarus game. You know, like they yeah. had two in the eighties. He showed up for Brawl, Pitt, the character. Mm-hmm. They made one in I think like twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it was like a three yeah. DS like a launch year game. Yeah, it's like I just kind of feel there's some potential there because evidently like there was enough they pulled from that, you know, that reboot game in twenty thirteen for them to have Politana and Dark Pit both in the new Smash games. Mm. I don't know. It just feels like it's too interesting of a concept to only have three games in its entirety of existing. Did you play the Kid Icarus Uprising on the 3DS? I did. Like, like gameplay aside, it was like a like some sections of like an on the rail shooter, and then it was just like a get through this and destroy everything. Mm-hmm. But like, it had just a lot of like the voice acting is pretty good. Like, it's just a really funny narrative. Like, there's all this back and forth banter between Pit and the gods and a lot of fourth wall breaking. Like there are, there are enemies that look like Metroids and they think they like, kind of make a joke of like, are those Metroids? Oh, yeah. Like, no wrong game. Do they actually do that? Yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> the seventh level in, it's like, are those Metroids? Like, no, no, no wrong game. You can't, can't say that. That's actually really cool. Um, so, yeah, Hades, like, in that game, Hades is one of the best characters in all of video games. Like, yeah, there's just, they, in that reboot in 2013, they just added in all this, life and energy and character into these things that for the longest time had only existed in 8-bit and then very briefly in the Wii for Brawl and then just nothing since so I just feel it'd be really cool like maybe make it like a Zelda style thing like have dungeons have a world you can explore because like one of the drawbacks was the game was level based so like you did get to see this cast of like really creative characters and honestly it's like it's Greek mythology inspired. There's a lot to draw from there. Like, and we've seen how very popular that is of like God of war. So like the whole mythology based things. Yeah. Uh, all I got to say is eggplant wizard for smash eggplant wizard. Yes. <laughs> so what, so what if, right. You play as pit and pit is trying to escape the underworld and his dad's a and... dick. <laughs> <laughs> and wait a minute it's a roguelike game and no uh, and you use these different weapons i think that could be game of the year <laughs> maybe if uh, done right maybe maybe release it as a beta 
in for open in yeah. open access and then update it over time and then fully release it and we'll see where we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think that I think Kid Icarus really works as an on rail shooter. I think what held it back in Uprising was the uh, 3DS control yeah. scheme because that was Ooh, yeah, the only hand. way that you could make it work is if you got like the the additional circle pad attachment for the 3ds the, the circle pad pro or whatever <laughs> yeah called. whatever it was right so like it just even if you just port kid Icarus uprising to the switch i think it alleviates a lot of that frustration and can maybe uh you know just because the game is really good on its own you know there's so much like depth to the weapon variety the multiplayer mode is pretty fun too like you said adam the characters and story are great um I don't know. I just, I just think it's a shame that 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 series has only ever had three games. Yeah, and I mean, there was like a twenty-something year gap between two and three. And here's the thing: Monster Hero Sakurai developed Uprising, and since then he's been hard stuck, stuck on developing Smash, Smash games. I don't know how he got away from Smash to make Uprising, yeah. but he, he because he said he said back. after Brawl he that he was done, and Brawl didn't have any DLC, so he actually had the time. Mm, that makes sense. You know, after Smash yeah, they, Four, they had yeah. DLC and they went right into Ultimate. And then they found him after Icar- Icarus. Like, how did you escape? Get back there. <laughs> we need you. Wait, you're not Smash. making Smash? <laughs> Who let you do that? Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. a, an interesting franchise that has potential that they just haven't fully explored. Yeah, sure. Nintendo seems pretty hard stuck on like its top four: Mario, Zelda. And now Splatoon and Animal Crossing, like those are their and top Fire four, Emblem. and Fire Emblem to some degree, yeah. Yeah, Fire Emblem. But, like they seem to be like hard stuck on like four or five franchises. Mm. I feel like before supporting. we go further, we should address that Nintendo a is lot. obviously a hot topic of conversation for this idea mm. because they have so many beloved characters and franchises, mostly due in part to by Smash Bros. Uh, that have been left dormant for years, uh, that other than their inclusion in Smash Bros, probably would not have even a shred of hope of a revival, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like Sakurai's decision to put Pit in Smash Bros Brawl is the only reason that Uprising exists. Fair. Uh, so, you know, Nintendo is a bit of an anomaly. An anomaly in this case, you know, every obviously everybody always says that they want a new F Zero game. But Nintendo is kind of weird in what franchises it chooses to to like have perennial releases, right? Because like, if you think about it, we got a shit ton of Kirby games in the last decade. We have and like yeah. and Yoshi. There's games. been there's been a few Yoshi games too. Yeah, but they've all been bad. All of these <laughs> outside of that's not true. I really liked uh, the Kirby for Switch. Um, I meant the Yoshi games. Oh, I mean. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, they're, Crafted they're World, fine. Crafted World, I didn't. Woolly World was good. Crafted World, not so much. But my point is that um, fuck, Derek, you made me lose my train of thought. Well, good. I think I think a big <laughs> thing with Nintendo and its franchises that have been dead for a while is they the reason they don't bring them back is sales data. Like we. I know us here are like, bring back Metroid. We love Metroid. But every time they put out a Metroid game, it doesn't sell well. So why should they 
feel obligated to put out a Metroid game if they know they're not going to make a ton of money off of it. You know, it's like yeah. the vocal minority shouting that they want Metroid games. Because the last time they put out a Metroid game, it was it a remake of, of of Metroid Two, and the one and before that was uh, was Federation uh, Force. For, uh, yeah, Federation Force, and before that, and was, before that it was other, other M. M. Other M. Other M. M. Not good. Yeah, so they haven't made a good Metroid game since Metroid Prime was, Three. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, what's the Game Boy Advance remake of the first Fusion. One? Zero Mission? Zero oh, Mission. Zero Mission, yeah. Well, when did Zero Mission come out? Like, 05? I don't know. I'll look it up. When was Metroid Prime 3? That was like 2008, right? Yeah. Sounds about right. Because it was on the Wii. Hey, hopefully when they finally get Metroid Prime 4 out, it'll sell well, and that'll maybe yeah. reinvigorate them on the topic. Zero Mission was 2004. Yeah, it's weird because I think Smash warps our perception of what Nintendo's flagship franchises are. Uh, Earthbound? And if you actually... Oh, fuck, dude. I want an Earthbound game so bad, but a toy is done. Yeah, they're never like, going to make another Earthbound game. And, we'll and that's be... the thing, is I feel like a lot of Nintendo games and franchises are, like, kind of the love childs of, or the brain childs, brain children of specific people. Like, mm -hmm. Shigesato Itoi is Earthbound, and in a way, Sakurai is Kid Icarus. Um, so I think that Nintendo has a hard time outsourcing those IP to new developers and without the creative vision of those individuals involved, they won't really find the opportunities to do them. Uh, and so that being said, you know, Nintendo outside of like Mario and Zelda, like we haven't seen a new Donkey Kong in a while. We haven't seen a new Metroid in a while. Well, we had Tropical Freeze. That was But Tropical Freeze was 2014. It's been wow. seven years since then. Jeez, you're and right. I was gonna I was gonna bring up Donkey Kong Country as one of my games that I wanted to bring back because I think that Tropical Freeze is one of the best 2D platformers ever made. Uh and a new Donkey Kong Country on the Switch would be great. And we saw ukulele and the impossible lair kind of tackle that that genre, that style, and and be pretty successful. So like it's weird. Like people see Donkey Kong as this paragon of a character for Nintendo. But, you know, outside of Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze, there's been nothing from him in the last 20 years. Mm. So it's like you have to shift your perception of what is, uh, you Staple know, the, Nintendo big, the big hitters. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. And I've, I've, you said it very well by saying that Smash warps that perception. Uh, yeah. Just because they're popular characters in smash or they're high on the tier list and therefore people know about them doesn't mean that people actually care about those franchises or if those franchises would sell well if they came back yeah captain falcon for example is not a character he is captain falcon for all intents and purposes is a super smash bros character because his entire moveset was invented for smash there's no almost nothing that he has outside of his final smash which didn't even appear until brawl uh has been pulled from f-zero yeah, the game themselves so smash captain falcon is an entirely original character uh so well like f-zero was not, already on its way out by the time brawl came out you know it's not entirely original like no he like he existed as the character from f-zero it's just that yes no is... but i mean like all he was in F Zero is the dude behind the wheel, right? You know, right. he for for all intents and purposes, like he is a nameless Smash character. Made him a fleshed him out, 
if you would yeah, say it, it's like personality. because it's like other like in a racing game, you know, some certain racing games will have like, oh, you're driving this car and this is your driver's profile. This is what they look like. You know, maybe their their height, their age, their nationality, whatever. And Smash Bros. took Captain Falcon and made him a character. So Which, saying that saying that we want a new F Zero game because Captain Falcon is in Smash is is like just yelling in the wind because there's no like that there, there hasn't been any like yeah. hope of a new f-zero game since gx which it's funny because in gx i probably because of smash there's a story mode that involves captain falcon's character and exactly. like kind of fleshes him out in that universe as a character more but you know nintendo and, and yeah and guess what that game was on the gamecube games, so exactly and that's and that's the point of why i wanted to address this now is because there's it's so easy to go through the laundry list of n- dormant n- n- nintendo franchises and say like well i want them to bring back this this and this you know so fun fact did you know that there was a uh f-zero anime got two seasons back in 2004 yes. and that uh captain falcon is like a moniker and people take up the name of captain falcon it's not a singular person really <laughs> yeah so i think originally it was a guy named douglas j falcon and then like he that's, di- that is canon. That's correct. He dies or something, and then someone else becomes the new cat. Think about it like Batman. Someone else becomes the new Captain Falcon. Yeah, because it's like the driver of the Blue Falcon is the is, is Captain, Captain Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I knew think- I I just knew it was gonna come up at some point, so I wanted to get that out of the way. Yeah. Um. So. I think you made a very strong point that like there's a lot of old Nintendo franchises we would like to see come back, and it's fine to bring them up, but like you gotta have a good like a thought on what. And I think Adam like talking about the lore of Kid Icarus is a good. Uh, yeah, re- like reason. I tried to limit. Like I could talk for hours about stuff I'd like to see Nintendo do, but that's why I limited to like one that I'd really like to see that I think has some potential. Mm. I think Kid Icarus is probably the best example of this because I with, with what we saw in Uprising. It opens the world of possibility for expansion into other genres, right? Because like Kid Icarus Uprising is an on-rail shooter, which is and sometimes even a behind-the-back like action game. So, and it's nothing like the 2D platformers on the NES. So, you can easily take Kid Icarus and just put it into another genre, make a fucking Kid Icarus RPG, you know? Right. Yeah. You can't really do that, I think, with the same amount of of freedom as you could with something like Donkey Kong. Which is, yeah, it's it actually, is a... Dude, I was going to say, it's funny because uh, Immortal Phoenix Rising is probably just a Kid Icarus RPG. Oh, Pretty fuck. much. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but I was going to say, you can't really do... It's not so easy for Nintendo to expand other franchises into genres because they have such a cookie-cutter format. And, you know, like they're, all of these games are kind of following the Pokemon trend where they, they have a set, you know, skeleton like and what it the, is and the meat on that skeleton treated. ends up being slightly different. Right. So it's like things like Kirby, Pikmin, Yoshi. Now Pokemon, um, there's one more I was going to think of maybe even Donkey Kong, right? Like there, Kid Icarus is probably the prime franchise for you to do that with. Mm. Uh, so on the topic of Nintendo, uh, there is one that I had. So I wasn't the first person to think of this. I heard this somewhere, and it like really made, got me thinking about how fucking cool this would be. Uh, Mario Party 
Except, think Fall Guys. Where it's Mario Party minigames, but it's like a massive multiplayer thing like Fall Guys. Everyone's in, and like, you slowly get eliminated over time, and then like there's one winner in the end. So it's just so like... Fall Guys. So Fall Guys, <laughs> but Mario, but Mario. Party. Huh? And okay. then, and then you can have different characters and costumes for those characters and like make it a free to play thing with microtransactions. Nah. Fuck you. Nah. <laughs> you don't think that'd be fun? Just make like, a good Mario Party game. The best part yeah, of Mario yeah. Party was the mini games. I no. mean the the board game no, itself. Oh. The board game is that's the problem, is like the board game is the best part. It's the interesting boards that Jeff, make when you Mario Party the funnest jeff when you play mario party do you go to the minigame only mode and play minigames yeah. or do you to. play the board game when i was a kid i used to do that with my siblings we would try well, to set high scores but, in but the now game. you you jeff the person now, now i you don't do when you I, play mario party i don't play mario party okay but if you're going to play mario party what would you do i'd probably play do the board that game right i'd probably do that frying pan with the meat cube what <laughs> that minigame in the in super mario party with the the cube of uh, meat that's I haven't just played, played Mario over and over. That. That's one of the best ones. I, I, I'm a firm believer that the 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 mini games are the best part. But anyways, the I mini guess... games are great. Don't get me wrong, but the board game is the board what game makes up so much of like so much the fun. tension, right? Yeah. And like the ability for you in one turn to screw over your friend who wasn't winning. You know, <laughs> see, I hated the board game because it was all bullshit luck. There's like no skill involved in a lot of the mini games in Mario Party are bullshit luck. No, yeah. uh, as the frequent winner of the mini game star, I disagree. <laughs> I said a lot. <laughs> uh, Not all. Well, anyways, so what? I just want a good Mario Party game then. I like your idea, Jeff. Super I Mario like the Party. Fall, I love the Fall Guys idea with Mario Party, Thank like you. a forty-person Mario Party. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, people just running around, bopping each other with like Mario hammers and jumping on each other. It's brilliant. Yeah, my favorite Mario yeah. Party mini games were the ones that's like Last Man Standing, right? Like, yeah, uh, like the in, hexagon. In Mario. The hexagons in Mario Party 2, I think Mario Party 5 had an iteration where you're on a star called Fish Upon a Star. That's the name. There's the <laughs> the bumper balls where you're yes, like, bumper um, balls is a classic. Yeah, that's a dude. Just bring back every or the, uh, you the don't even have one. to you remember that they put out a 3DS game that was like the 100 best Mario Party games. Yeah, just turn that into like Fall Guys, basically. It's <laughs> genius. It's so easy. It's all there for you. You've already done the work. Just put it together. Jeff, I'm going to piggyback off of this train of thought and apply the same thing to WarioWare. Dude, fucking yes. Oh, I didn't think of that. Bring back WarioWare on the Switch. That's the Warrior perfect Wear party game. 99 would be incredible. Yeah. Dude, right? Which is that increasingly A WarioWare Battle Royale? Well, yeah. do you remember in Smooth Moves, they had the 12-player... And you'd mode, pass around where the controller. All, yeah, yeah, we, we used to play it at parties. It was, it was like you're all floating Ugh. via ain't like wings or whatever, and then as you go, it would just get faster and faster. And they're, yeah, the micro games, dude. Ugh. Uh, uh, so fun. I can get behind WarioWare, but Mario Party. See, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even need the, the, the WarioWare to be a battle royale because it's so fast. I think it's the chaos of handing off the controller to people that you're next to to do these... Like, super quick, super obscure tasks, and especially with the Switch controller. That, too. But that was very much a Wii thing, because often you'd share one Wii remote, you know? Right. That works with the Switch Joy-Con, though. It's true. You just it use one Joy-Con to hand it off. It, it's the same thing. Have they not done a WarioWare for Switch yet? No. I thought they did. No, no they mm -hmm. did one on the 3D. There's WarioWare Gold? Golden? 
And it was like yeah, a, was a it was like a, a best hits of WarioWare on the 3DS. Uh, on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm I'm amazed they haven't done a WarioWare on Switch because the one on 3DS or on the Wii was so much fun. Uh, yeah. we haven't heard from Tcon or Derek yet. What What are some things that you're you're thinking of? I've got some pretty cool uh games you guys probably have never heard of for the Sega Dreamcast. Oh boy! Oh. Okay. Uh, one of them is like, uh, I guess it was the Smash of of the Dreamcast, Power Stone. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with Power Stone, but it's a little different, right? It's not Smash. It's more of like a a, a top fighter, down right? like fighter. And th- to bring that series back would be super cool. I uh, that one. It's, I just remember it being like stupidly fun to play with friends. I'd, I'm sensing a theme here with party games for us. Uh, yeah, dude, party <laughs> games. Uh, those are the the best. art of the party game has been lost, man. Yeah, everything's uh, all fucking uh, battle royales and mobas and shit. I feel like Sega has has these IPs that like they just. <laughs> I, I mean they just don't like touch anymore because they don't need to fulfill or uh, yeah, to support a console. So it's like, why do we, you know, like, ah, we just don't care about those IPs. Another one that I was thinking about that I would love uh, is uh, I had this stupid game that I love to play all the time when I was a kid called toy commander. Hmm. Uh, And the literal literal premise of the game is this kid gets all these new toys and they're like planes and, and like tanks and car, like, like when you grow up from like, five to like 10 you start to stop playing with like stuffed animals and silly kids toys and like you might get like you know soldiers or you know like more more adult manly toys (laughs) uh so the whole thing is that uh basically all the old toys like all your old stuffed animals and stuff decide to like revolt against you and you have to like defeat all your old toys Mm -hmm. it's a silly silly premise but like it was a fun game because it was kind of like the way they had the levels laid out. It was like a sandbox when you played like multiplayer. Um, so like the levels were basically like the living room, the basement, the, the bedroom. And like you, when you played multiplayer, you just were in this giant living room and like people would drive around as cars and people would fly around in planes. And it, it, it like, feels like you could make like this awesome <clears throat> uh like vehicle based multiplayer game in this kind of world and just you know you're just toys and like that you know we could have a you know like a like world of tanks but with toy planes and toy helicopters and and you know you're playing almost like battlefield style conquest with all this like i, I there's always i feel like the toys to life genre is is underappreciated skylanders baby i feel like it died uh, for not a reason. kind of toys to life <laughs> <laughs> different kind of toys to life like, I mean, uh, like the army men games yeah, toy story or, or the army men games or uh small soldiers <laughs> wasn't it tiny no i think you're right it's small soldiers Small Soldiers was the movie with the the soldiers that yep, were I remember. Like, real or whatever. Yeah, uh, and like yeah. the monsters were the good guys, and then the the army men were the bad yeah, guys. The yeah, army men were the bad guys. Uh, there's a, there's a game that came out in the, the 360 era called Toy Soldiers, 
where um, it was basically a, not, not a, a t tower defense game, but with like everything was like toys and you, you could like take control of certain characters and like play. It, it was like super cool. I, Dante and I played it a lot. Like we would play two player like against each other and like you're setting up your armies and it's a it was a cool idea. But I feel like I haven't seen like a game like that in a long time mm. and it makes me sad. What about you, Tikan? Any any particular thoughts on any kinds of games you'd want to see you come back? Uh, two, actually. And you're not gonna like it, but there are two Sonic games: Sonic <laughs> Adventure and Sonic Heroes. My man. Yeah, I knew Andrew would agree with me. <laughs> um, Sonic Heroes only ever had one. It was on the GameCube, and it was uh. Teams of three, so it was uh, what Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, um, Shadow. Andrew, help me out. Do you remember who they were? I think yeah. Shadow, Team Rogue, Darkness, and... Shadow, Shadow Rouge, and Omega. Team yep. Chaotix is Vector, SBO, and Charmy. Team Rose SBO. is Amy, Big, and Kareem. Yeah. So. And, um, like, you could switch between each person, like, being the first person on the line, and you'd have to switch in order to, like, get to certain places. So if there was somebody, like, really high up or kind of far away, you could switch to Tails, because, you know, he could kind of fly and glide. Uh, it was just really fun. It was a different take on normal Sonic games back then, because yeah. they weren't all weird like they are now. Besides Sonic Mania, that was great. Hmm. And then Sonic Adventure is still probably one of my favorite games growing up. Um, oh, I remember that one. That was a good game. Yeah, it was. And then the second one as well, Sonic Adventure 2. And then they came out with Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube. Um, so the first favorite. one, there was, you could play as five or six different characters. And they each had their own like huge story. Um, it was open world, uh, partially open world, and then partial like regular Sonic stages. But it was all um, 3D, and I think it was the first like really big 3D Sonic game. Yeah, unless you I count uh, one of those random Sonic 3D game 3D games that came out for like the the Sonic Sonic, Sonic CD. Oh, sorry, yeah, Sonic CD. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see those like reimagined, rebooted, or something along those lines because those were two of I think the best Sonic games. I'll agree with you on that. I love both of those games that you mentioned. It'd be nice to see something like that style again. And then I remember, so I had. I don't remember what game it came with on the Dreamcast, but it came with a Sonic Adventure 2 demo, and it was of the first level of where you're getting chased by the tractor trailer. And oh, yeah. so, so back to when I had that, I was young and dumb, and I thought it was the full game, and I played that level so many times not realizing it was just a demo of the first level, and I just kept thinking I sucked and couldn't get past it, and I would play it, and I would beat it faster and faster and faster, and I still couldn't get past. <laughs> and that's because I was dumb and didn't realize it was just a demo wow but i played that so many times <laughs> sounds like a twilight zone episode <laughs> <laughs> and 
I uh, could never stop playing the first <laughs> level of Sonic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those are two games that kind of come to mind right off the bat of yeah. games that I loved when I was younger and wish they would do something new with. Because yeah, everyone has been uh, clamoring for a new 3D Sonic game, a good new 3D Sonic game forever, yeah. right? Uh, although the the real secret bit of news on the block is that none of the 3D Sonic games are good. Yeah, um, right. They're actually all <laughs> yeah. bad. Except for, I, I think the best one's Generations, probably. You want to know uh, the, the, the real... Yeah, but even that, that, even really that game was half 2D, right? Uh, uh, like 2.5, I think, right? Well, I, I mean, well, Sonic Generations has 2D levels and 3D levels. Yeah, uh, um, yeah that's right. But I think the important thing with... Not only Sonic, but but really this concept in general, and why Sonic Mania works so well is that it's who you allow to actually do the the revitalization of of the games, because you know Sonic Mania was such a hit because it was developed by people who who had nothing but love for the yeah. franchise and the genre. You know, Christian Whitehead was a devout Sonic fan. Uh, he knew what made the, the 2d sonic games good and as a consumer knew what he wanted out of one and and thus was able to use modern design sensibilities to make the best sonic game that exists uh so do i think implying that same philosophy uh with 3d sonic games and games in general uh is is the way to go really you know i i, I tried to do as much digging as i can with what little information we have about the the tmnt game and that game is being developed by a studio who uh, specializes in kind of retro roots, right? Like they they specifically say in their description of their studio that they use modern design uh, philosophies to recreate games from the 20th century or, or at least recreate the feeling of it. So like they made uh, Panzer Paladin and Flint, Flint Hook, I think are the two notable ones. Uh, so I think that's really important to do is just to make sure that whoever is making the game, uh, like, is doing it out of passion and and less so as uh let's revive it for the sake of reviving it. Hmm. Like I, the example I'll use is Mega Man Eleven, because while Mega Man Eleven was good, people are in no I don't think by any means saying like this is the best Mega Man game or that it even spark like it doesn't even spark really a desire that wasn't already existing uh for like the continuation of the Mega Man franchise, right? Like people are kind of at the same hype level as they were before the game came out. Yeah. And like that game came and went no one talked about it. Yeah. Like it was it's not a bad game, but yeah. it's also it's not the same level of uh of revitalization that Sonic Mania is. Yeah, for sure. Uh <laughs> I have a, two games on here, and it's more of like a genre that I want to see come back. I want to see competitive puzzle games come back. I think we got a good taste of it with um, with Tetris Tetris 99. But yeah, uh, Tetris Attack, uh, more specifically Pokemon Puzzle League, which was a Pokemon-themed Tetris Attack for the N64. Uh, you know, undefeated Pokemon Puzzle League champion right here. I love that game. Uh, I would love to see something like that come back in some fashion. Or I don't know if any of you are familiar with Super Puzzle Fighter. It was no. a, a competitive puzzle game 
set in like the Street Fighter universe, and it was kind of like Puyo Puyo, where you'd have like pairs of blocks falling down. Uh, but the interesting thing is like you would choose a character, and each character would have certain setups, and if like you got the certain color blocks in that setup, you would do a special attack against your opponent and put junk blocks on their side. So like each person was trying to set up their board in a specific way to to send junk blocks to their opponent. Uh, and it's just, I, I don't know competitive puzzle games or like yeah puzzle games where you're playing against someone has always been a, a favorite of mine. Uh, and we haven't seen any good ones. They did a, a a puzzle fighter for phones a few years back, but it only lasted for a couple of years and then they uh they like took it down and stopped supporting it. Unfortunately, I used to play it, but like bringing bringing a competitive yeah derek's got uh what was that pokemon puzzle pokemon challenge puzzle challenge yeah, yeah the game Boy advanced on was challenge uh i think the board was like a th- like two-thirds the size it wasn't a full-size yeah, board smaller. i didn't even um, know that that existed yeah it, it had like pichu uh it was one of the first things i think that had pichu in it was before gold and silver i think um anyways uh like pokemon channel oh no because that's that's like 2005 never mind yeah uh but this is uh, 1998. I would love to see competitive, <laughs> some competitive puzzle games come back, especially for the Switch. I feel like it's the perfect platform. We saw how much Tetris 99 blew up and how big and cool of a thing it was. Dude, so, can you imagine Pokemon Puzzle League 99? Or just like a new Pokemon just Puzzle anything. League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or just even a new, it doesn't even need to be Pokemon themed. It'd be cool if it was for nostalgia's sake, but just give me a new Tetris attack of some kind you know honestly you know what would have been sweet is if new pokemon snap is the start of just like a like if instead of just doing and pokemon it, snap they did like the the pokemon n64 collection, like collection yeah and go. did a new pokemon snap a new pokemon stadium and a oh, new pokemon yes. puzzle league let's go now the pokemon stadium mini games jeff that's the that's the best part of that game. Pokemon Stadium mini game, but Fall Guys. <laughs> Clefairy, Clefairy, Clefairy. Wait, Jeff, did you know that uh, Tetris Attack is on Nintendo Switch Online? The original? Pan- yeah, it's under it's under it's the Japanese one, so it's panel to pawn. <gasps> oh. Yeah, it's been there for a while. I'm surprised. I didn't know you that. Didn't know that? Yeah. I didn't oh, yeah. know that. I'll have to check it out because yeah, I love 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 Tetris Attack. Um, anyone else have any other things that they want to see come back? I think we kind of hit on all the ones I had in mind. Mm, I have a couple other ones on my list. Um, I can hit those real quick. Uh, I have three. Of them I'm going to do super quick. Actually, I'm going to do all of them super quick. Banjo. I feel like we haven't successfully seen a collectathon. Uh, but we're almost there. Like ukulele was almost there. We uh, haven't played a hat in time yet. <laughs> no, I heard a hat in time is really, really good. Uh, yeah. but just the world of banjo and the characters and the music and just how silly and goofy it is. And I feel like banjo as a character holds like a special place in a lot of people's hearts. So, G- give so- me a new conquer game instead. You oh, know, fucking, like oh. didn't they Even try? They world. were developing never, a new Conquer I've game, never right? Played Conquer. Uh, they made Live and Reloaded, which was like a remake for the Xbox. Um, the it wasn't very good. I heard the the original is on Game Pass. The original Conquer is on Game Pass because it's uh, because I know Banjo is. Um, 
the rare collection or whatever is on Game Pass and it's in the rare collection. I started playing oh. it. It doesn't it the the game wise it doesn't age great. Oh no, that game's no. so hard to play. Yeah, but is, did the did the Xbox Live version make it any better? No, no I think it just, just added it just updated the multiplayer a little bit more and oh. added online multiplayer. Tegan, if you can stomach playing through it, I think that would be one of your favorite games of all time. Which one? Conquer's, Conquer's Bad, Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very crude. You would like it. It's... Well, I do like that. Uh, let, me just, let me just say that the great Mighty Pooh sings that. <laughs> yeah. Castlevania is on here. That's no. That's a no-brainer for me. I, I wasn't planning on talking about it. I just wrote it down. Enough said. Castlevania. Spe- specifically, give us another Alucard game. Uh, Star Fox. Turn it into an open world exploration game. Maybe jump between different planets or like fully explore one That's planet. That's another one I haven't played. That'd be cool. Yeah, I would love like a, a more in depth, not on rail shooter Star Fox. And not- Star Fox is, an, is another one of those uh, things I mentioned earlier, right? Where it's like it falls into such a. It's been categorized already. Like, this is what a Star Fox game is. And that's why Zero failed. It's just because it was the same thing, but people didn't want the same. They wanted it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Fans are weird, too, because they say they want the same thing, but better. But then when they get the same thing, they complain that it's the same. Yeah. It's either um. there's only hey, this. This is just the same thing again, or this isn't the thing that I remember. So it's a lose lose always. But I feel like they could yeah. do something cool with the Star Fox universe. Uh, I wish, dude. Make Portal Three, you cowards! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all I, I got to say about that. that one. That's it. That was my entire list. <laughs> so you know what I want is a no, a new Wario platformer. Ah, like a uh, so like, Wario Land, or I know it wasn't good and it was on the GameCube and it didn't sell well, but War I still have like this like maybe the biggest like nostalgia of anything for wario world on yeah. the gamecube which yep. is like the top down i remember like you eat the garlic to get your health back yes uh, my and only like, memory of that is playing it at your house really yeah. i i've owned it a couple of times but both times i was too young to know what to do so like i want to get my hands on a copy of that and play it just to see if I would be better, any better at it nowadays. But I would also love to see them revisit just something in with Wario as the main character. Better yet, do a Wario and Waluigi like tag team game. Like, do a Wario and Waluigi Mario RPG. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mario and Luigi. That would be, be awesome. so fucking cool. <laughs> but uh, the other one that I have is Mario Strikers. Hmm. Mario yeah. Golf and Tennis are great, but Mario Strikers is the best Mario sports game. Which one uh, is that? The soccer, soccer one. Soccer. Oh, really? I know. Yeah, Mario Strikers yeah. Charged on the Wii is probably in my top five Wii games. Uh, and that game is just fucking pure fun. <laughs> uh, and I would love to see it come back on the Switch. Right on. I would say... I, I, the other thing that came to mind too was that uh, I would love to see Ubisoft revisit the original Assassin's Creed formula uh, and like use what they've learned from from the last six seven years of Assassin's Creed and see how it implements into that. But Ghost of Tsushima is basically that, so feels pretty redundant. Mm, for sure. Anyone else, Derek, uh, Tigon? Did you have any other games that you thought of? 
think we basically covered uh my my mine was more of a general of I want a a futuristic racer in the style of slash wipeout or F zero preferably wipeout but have you heard are... of uh fast racing RX it's on the fast street. racing RX it sounds like a knockoff or is it fast racing Neo uh yes fast racing Neo fast racing is that the one that was on the Switch mm-hmm. no that says it's on the Wii U. Anyways, there's a game that came out within the first couple months of the Switch, and it's basically exactly what you're asking for. It's was like, it Readout? No. In the first couple months of the Switch? Yeah. I feel like I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the exact name of it. I know. I Fast, think I it's know called Fast RMX. Fast RMX. Yeah. You were almost there. Yeah, because I think it is a remix of Fast Racing Neo. Um, because it looks very similar. I think it's made by the same people too. Um, but yeah, this is this is it's a futuristic sci-fi fast speed like hover car game. Yeah, it so. looks like it's just a poor like like trying to fill the gap that those left. Yeah. Let's see. What's what, what did IGN give it? A seven point four. Okay. Not enough water. <laughs> they gave Age of Calamity a nine. Yep. What? Yeah, I don't know who did that. I can't trust this site. <laughs> uh, Tegan, was there anything you wanted to bring up, or are you all set? So I actually kind of just thought of one. Okay. I don't know how they would do it, but it was an old. I think it was on uh, SNES. I used to play this uh, with Eric all the time because he had a uh, SNES. Um, for you guys that don't know, he's my neighbor growing up. Um, there was this Jurassic Park game on it. One of the hardest games that I've ever played. Um, it was it was multiplayer, and I don't fully remember the premise of it, but like you'd go around um, killing like the different dinosaurs and like doing different missions throughout Jurassic Park. And like you could, I think you played as the different characters, like in the the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you could get like, uh, like a bolo upgrade and it would, it would shoot out like a bolo and you could like trap them. I think, I don't know. It was really fun. Um, I remember getting like chased around by like raptors and stuff. Uh, and then, like, you'd be going inside, like, the visitor center and whatnot. I don't know. It was super fun. And we used to play, like, hours at a time. Um, so, yeah, like, something like that. Another, another game like that. <laughs> I think you more so just want the Jurassic Park franchise because I'm looking at this. And, like, when you are outside of a building, it's, like, a almost top-down. Yeah. <clears throat> you walk super slowly. You have, like, a gun that shoots lightning. Uh, yeah, it was like a taser or something like that. And then when you're indoors, it's a, it's like a Doom clone with yeah. dinosaurs instead of... Uh, <laughs> or like a Wolfenstein Doom. Yeah, it looks like Wolfenstein with like uh, Hitler's castle or whatever. But instead of Nazis, there's dinosaurs. It was so much fun. <laughs> I think you <laughs> just was younger another Jurassic Park game because I'm sure there's plenty of better actual video games out there. Probably. All right. Well, on that, uh, 
let's let's do some trivia and then we can all right, all right, all right. we can get out of here uh to celebrate episode number 64 we're going to be doing nintendo 64 trivia great all right all right so who who out there owned a nintendo 64 nope. adam and andrew you were too young i think you would have had gamecubes as your first right I mean, oh, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew is one. pointing at Andrew one. owns one. <clears throat> Andrew currently owns one. Christmas gift I, I, from from one Matthew Ferrara. Thank you, Matt. Oh yeah, I helped him buy that for you. I forgot about that. Uh, okay. Question number one: What N sixty four game came with a free Rumble pack packed in? Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if you know, but the Rumble pack was this like brick that you slid into the bag actually i might i might have one uh let me just pull out my my uh, my box of n64 games <laughs> my my ocarina is in here um my I, I got all it. sorts of classics mario party 3 i just got that recently is my rumble pack in here my rumble pack might not be in here i don't know where it is Anyways, you must have left it in your other pants. I think you're right. Anyways, one game came packed in the box was like twice the size. Uh, what game had the Rumble Pack as a pack in? Adam. Donkey Kong Country. Tikon. Pokemon Stadium. Derek. Mario Kart. Andrew. Star Fox 64. It is Star Fox 64. Oh, Adam, yeah, yeah. I think you were thinking of the... Uh, the expansion. The, the memory expansion pack. Or the expansion Donkey Kong. I knew there was yeah. something for it. Yeah, it was yeah. also it wasn't Donkey Kong yeah. Country. Donkey Kong Country is a Super Nintendo game. All right, so All one right. point for Andrew. Question number two. What was the best-selling N64 game that was never bundled with the console? I think you've asked us this before, but I have no fucking idea what it Ha-ha, is. Ha-ha, you fools. I wasn't also, sure. Jeff, for a second, I thought you were going to ask, what is the best N64 game? <laughs> well, there's only one. I thought about having that. question. There's only that's one Pokemon answer. Puzzle League. That is the right answer. I would have gotten it right, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone else would have. Pokemon Puzzle League is the best game ever made. It's up there. Kalalaloyster. Bollywell! <laughs> Dude, my Lorelei has never lost. Because I only play as Lorelei, and I've never lost. <laughs> I've only ever lost one round, and that was to Andrew Whitman. And because you were holding the controllers upside down? Yeah. Was uh, he controlling, holding the controller right side up? He might have been holding it normal. I don't remember. Uh, all right. What was the best-selling N64 game that wasn't bundled in, T-Con? Um, I don't know. Mario Kart. Andrew? Mario Kart. Adam? I was going to say Ocarina, but I think that might have been bundled. But I'm going to go with that answer. Derek? I said Madden 99. <laughs> How many times have I told you guys, anytime I ask about the best-selling game on a Nintendo console, it's See, always just Mario, Kart. Mario Kart! But I wasn't sure? It's always <laughs> Mario Kart. I think Mario Kart had been bundled with the console. It's never been bundled, no. Uh, really? Huh. Yeah, there was a... It was a red herring, Derek. There was a Mario 64. Hang on, let me look. I can tell you which ones were had bundles. Did they double dash outsold Melee? Outsold Melee? Did... I'm going to... You, you look you... up your N64 thing. Uh, I'm looking this up. 
Super Mario 64, GoldenEye, Pokemon Stadium, Donkey Kong 64, Episode 1, Racer were all bundle games. Mm, damn. Nope. Super Smash Bros. Melee is the best-selling GameCube game. Makes sense. Uh, all right, question number three. Every system except GameCube, guys. Every, uh, question number three. There was three games that required the N64 expansion pack. What were they? I'll give you a point for each of them that you get right. Oh, oh. So I'll give you a little bit of time to think. the expansion pack again? It ex- never it had ex- an N64. It expanded the memory of the, the console so that uh, it had more RAM so you could process things better. I feel like the only reason Melee is the best-selling game is because people are still buying it. It's because people have bought it 20 years later? Yeah, probably. Uh, Alright. <clears throat> Adam, we're going to have you go first. Yeah. Hmm. What? Name as many as you can of the three games that required the N64 expansion pack. I'll, there's tons and tons of games that got benefits from it, but there's three that you needed it to play. See, I'm not too familiar with all the N64 games. There's going to be total guesses. Okay. Going to guess Ocarina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donkey Kong, whatever the name of it was. Okay. Adam, uh, what's the name of the console? Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> <laughs> and? I can't always remember names of things. They, they change it's the, the N64. Everything is named this 64. <laughs> and? Um, Star Fox, I don't know. All right, this is something really obscure. <laughs> T- Did you say T-Con? Yeah, what three games do you think use the expansion pack? Uh, so I was also thinking Star Fox. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Pokemon Stadium again. Okay. And, uh... Come on. I don't know, I never had an N64 or ever really played one. Just say a game. Ocarina of Time. Okay. Derek? Uh, I went with DK64, Majora's Mask, and Banjo-Tooie. Andrew? I went with Donkey Kong 64, Majora's Mask, and Conker's Bad Fur Day. All right. The answers. Three of you got Donkey Kong 64. I got a point. Two of you got Majora's Mask. Oh, it was Majora's. None of you got Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark would have been the other one. It it had to be a rare game. Yeah. Because it had to come out later in the, I think, the console's life cycle. That's why I said Conquer, because Conquer. That's why I said Banjo. (laughs) Fun fact. I honestly honestly forgot that Majora's Mask also originally launched on 64. Fun fact, if you could get your hands on a Dinosaur Planet cartridge, that also required the expansion pack, but it was never officially released. Wow. Oh. Question. Almost right with Star Fox. The what? Star Fox Adventures became? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Question number five. What, or sorry, number four. What year was the N64 released in Japan and North America? Tikon, you're going to go first on this one, bud. What year was the N64 released? 1964. I'm just kidding. Uh, 95. Adam? 93. Derek? 96. Andrew? 96. It is 1996. That was sick. Mm -hmm. All right. And the last question, question number five. 
What was the last game ever made for the N64? Oh, no. The last game that was ever physically made for the N64. Adam? Uh, Perfect Dark. I don't know. T-Con? If it helps relieve the pressure, you can't win, so... No, it still doesn't relieve the pressure because, like, <laughs> uh, Majora's Mask. Derek? Madden 2001. Andrew? Uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Derek, you were kind of on track. It's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah. Uh, okay. It was the last ever N64 game. Uh, and with five out of seven points, Andrew A is perfect the score. winner. No, no, that's not how it works. (laughs) Have you seen... No, you know what I'm referencing? No. It's like this big, long, probably fake series of Facebook interactions between this guy and this other guy who's a complete idiot. And during one of the interactions, the idiot like says, like, oh, I just saw this movie. I would give it a perfect score of a 5 out of 7. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, like, the guy just rags on him forever. It's one of the funniest things I've ever read. I think think it's... Originates from a Reddit thread where someone said it was five out of seven, but with rice. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it was it. It's a weird meme. Anyways, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Game Sharks Podcast. You can send us an email, Game Sharks Podcast at yahoo.com. What video game franchises or genres do you want to see return? Let us know. We'll read them out on our next episode. Uh, Jeff, what was the bonus question? Oh, bonus question was uh, how many copies of Mario Kart 64 was sold? You guys are always seven, really... Seven million. Really terrible at these. Uh, anyone else? Seven million to... and one. Ooh. Anyone? Seven million and two. You fool, Adam! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek, do you care? No, Derek doesn't care. Four. It was nine, uh, nine point eight million. That's so Adam fucking, wins. Fucking Technically, I'm closest. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Game Sharks podcast. Right rule, bitch. Game Sharks podcast at yahoo.com. Send us any trivia questions that you have for the lads. Uh, I would love to stump them with your trivia. And then, lastly, you can check out our website, thegamesharks.com. See our most recent articles and game reviews that we write. Uh, I I think a lot of us are currently playing long games. Um. I may end up writing a review for Loop Hero. Hitman's we'll, really ooh, long. Huh? We'll see. Yeah, I Hitman's super long, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mario I mean, review still, incoming. I still haven't finished the year of 2020, so I can't write my top games of 2020 yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty behind. It's a long year. Uh, all right, with that, we are Finn. 